top to top, we top to top From the shots that's called to the tomahawks To the league boss and the ones who lost Give it to me once, I don't drop the ball To the home runs that was out the park Kershaw when I'm pitching off Kobe the Howard, he looking soft LA Rams in the city, y'all Got special guests, got breaking news Come top to top with Chatterbox Welcome, welcome to Talk That Talk. It is Monday afternoon, so you know what that means. It's Talk That Talk time. And I got somebody very, very special in the building. Oh, yeah. We got Daryl back in the building. Oh, yeah. And we got plenty of sports talk. Man, been so waiting much. to get this off, man. So much sports talk. We're in here. We're locked in here for two hours. Um... I don't even know where to start, but again, once you, uh, if you guys are listening to the show right now, you guys are listening to Talk That Talk. Thank you for listening via our SoundCloud channel. Um, I do have a little bit of, I do have a little bit of an update for you guys in terms of what's coming, um, and when you guys can look forward to hearing us live, uh, going back to going live. Um, but uh, once again, if you guys are listening to the show, it's Talk That Talk. If you guys want to follow this show on Instagram, um, please follow the show at Talk That Talk Radio Show. Once again, it is Talk That Talk Radio Show on Twitter. It is Talk That Talk LV. Once again, if you want to follow this uh, radio show on Twitter, it is at Talk That Talk LV. On Instagram, it is at Talk That Talk Radio Show. On Facebook and on our SoundCloud channel, it is Talk That Talk Radio Show. Let's get the show started. Do that. Tap in. Happy to be here, bro. Appreciate you. Appreciate you for being here. Um, Yeah, it's a Monday, last day of September. Rent due tomorrow. Um, <laughs> ah man, rent's due tomorrow, so I mean it is what it is at this point. Um, Apple Music do, yeah, Apple Music do, Hulu <laughs> do, Spotify do. Um, got to start getting more school books now that it's getting toward like the middle of the semester. Yeah, it's a yeah, lot. The book it's you didn't think you on. needed. Yeah, you know what? I maybe I'll tell on myself a little bit here, but you've you've had classes with me, and <laughs> I really hope no teacher hears this until after the fact. But African American studies, I get almost all of those books because I want them in my library anyway. So yeah. every other class, though, like this goes to math. Even journalism, I bought every book for a little bit until I realized I was tying my hands or I was tying that pocketbook. But um, yeah. I was sitting there and I was like, hmm, I think it was about Cerritos time. I was like, I really need. What do I yeah, need? do I need to buy these books? Because I know how they send it out, like the syllabus, like a week, two weeks before, and everybody gets their books and they have it on the first day. It's cool for the aesthetic, but then you realize we open that book twice during the semester. Nah, man, I stopped buying books. Yeah, sure like I'm not doing that. Ago. Like I'm not doing <laughs> that. Like I'm not buying books unless I definitely stop. I will sit in books. class for the first two to three weeks and see how often you reference that book. If you don't reference it enough, I'm not getting yeah. it. And what I realized that. is if it's really a, a reference textbook, mm -hmm. you probably can check it out from the library. Exactly. Because it's usually it's meant for resources. It. So it's like, like yeah. yeah. And even then, you can even go to your public library. I don't know how many people actually check out their public library around the city, but <laughs> they they have textbooks in there, too. But, um, yeah, there's plenty of different things that we can go, uh, that we can move on to. Um, I do want to obviously start off with what we always start off with. We didn't record a, a podcast last week because you guys got back-to-back -back podcasts. You guys got episode 11, You Stand Alone, and you guys got episode 12, um, Defending the Dum-Dums. Um, 
so yeah so shout out to you guys for that for fo- for following the od podcast and sticking with it it is something that's independent so it is something that we're uh building from the ground up but if you guys uh were not aware it's now on spotify so the od podcast is on spotify now so yeah go ahead and give a little give a little round of applause for that but that that took um that took some uh digging around and um shout out to I don't even know if I can say her podcast name on on air. Can I? No, she I'm knows doing who it. she is. Nah, she definitely knows who she is, but shout out to Tierra anyway. I'm going to go ahead and say shout out to Tierra. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is because she just started her first podcast, and her her podcast is, um, I definitely can't say the episode title, but, um, <laughs> but mm, I, uh, <laughs> Shoot me that. I can't give you the episode title on air, but her podcast is called Kinky Blunt Talks. And for what it's for what it's worth, the name of the podcast is what it is. That. Yeah, I heard about. So the podcast that. is what it have. is. Shout out to Tierra; she's here on campus. Um, eventually, we're gonna we're gonna do. I would ho- I would hope that we could have her on the podcast one day and just talk about the um, being a young entrepreneur in this day and age and starting your own podcast and getting it put on different platforms. She has hers on, uh, I believe, iHeart. She has hers on Spotify. She has hers on Apple Music, um, and she just got through episode one. So um, yeah. credit her for being one of the, the people. Scenes. A lot of behind the scenes. For sure. So credit her for being one of the people that helped the podcast get placed on Spotify. Um, so shout out to her for that. Um, I'm definitely, I definitely subscribe to her podcast. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that podcast on our next episode of our podcast. But you guys do have another one coming up. Episode 13 was recorded on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep. Daryl was there. Um. We had my boy Mayhem from high school come through. That was a real, um, that was a real that was a real session, man. Yeah, man. It was music talk like crazy. It was music galore. It was like <laughs> it was so many songs playing. It was so many jokes being made. It was. Uh. But I I think we got a lot out though. We got a lot out. We got a lot on the table. Um. Shout out to Helena who was there as well. It was her first time on the podcast. Shout out to Caprice for running the camera as usual. Um. Yeah, the episode title I think that we came up with was "Back Up Bad Decisions," and um, which is wild. <laughs> which is a, yeah. I mean, every episode title I felt like would have been. We we had a lot of them. Yeah, we had a lot of them. Um, icy chick winner was what Helena was trying to rock with, but they yeah. they not they would not get they not getting hot girl summer. Nah, and we can't because nah. icy chick winner. We not doing that. And if, what you name, we if you name the episode that, then that's gonna give it legs. Oh that's my give it gosh, legs, for bro. sure. Somebody's gonna take that and be like, "Oh, this is what we on." So anyway, uh, Helena, yeah, you struck out on that one. But um, what else? We had uh, unexpected pressure was another one that we thought about. Ooh, unexpected pressure. Unexpected pressure would have been a good one. I was actually texting Mayhem yesterday, and I feel like I low key, I feel like we low key talked about it. Yeah, unexpected pressure, backup, bad decisions. Um. We had a couple of different ones, but just go listen to the podcast. It should be up soon. Um, I believe I got word from Roman. Uh, shout out to Roman, too, who just celebrated a birthday. Shout out to Rome. Hey, happy belated. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, so Rome told me Tuesday or Wednesday, but Rome, uh, we have come to the agreement that Rome is overzealous in terms of <laughs> expecting something to be up. So there are some times that he'll overestimate. And uh, or I guess I'll say underestimate uh, how long did it take. So I was told tomorrow and latest on Wednesday. But yeah, 
That we've, sounds good, man. Yeah, we've been we've we've been a little later than than that before. So um episode thirteen was recorded. Episode fourteen will be recorded this Sunday. Um at Helena's place. We picked uh Helena's spot. Thank you to Helena, thank you to Michelle for um allowing us to shoot the pod there, but that will be there on Sunday. I'm liking it, man. Yeah, so we'll be there. Um I'm happy that I kinda did it this way because we could talk a little bit about what else happens on Saturday, which is why I can't do the podcast. Uh, but it's 90s night at Sam Boyd. Come support your UNLV running. Well, I shouldn't say running Rebels anymore because it's not basketball. But mm-hmm. your, um, come support your UNLV Rebel football team. 90s night. 90s night. Uh, this is this is our time to shine. This is some. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I don't know what I'm going to wear. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm. Bruh. I actually got the fit. You got I, it. I got the fit. You got I, it. Yeah, I don't yeah, have yeah. mine. I'm not gonna lie. I might actually have to go. Have, have to go get something. I might have to go. I might have to go stop the show real quick. I got to get something different. I'll try and be there for kickoff this time. <sighs> I ain't been to it. I've been a to kickoff, kickoff one time. Bro, you are killing. I've been me. to kickoff once. You are killing me. Well, <laughs> for what it's worth, <sighs> you want to see this kickoff? Who we play this week? Boise. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I'll, be there. I'll get there for that. I just said okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I think everybody should be there for for kickoff this particular year, assuming um, assuming uh, or actually not even assuming, but knowing that Allegiant Stadium opens next year. I mean, why not get as much as you can get out of Sam Boyd? I yeah. was upset I missed the first game because of the Aviators, but I couldn't be too upset because I was covering a playoff a playoff yeah. chase. So. Um. Uh oh. Okay, so I'm over here getting random tweets, and my phone is randomly going off. But um, Saturday, UNLV will play at home against Boise. Uh, it'll be their second conference game. The team already has an 0 and 1 conference record, and 1 and 3 record overall. And that's what I actually want to talk about, and that's what I want to start on, because I knew that this was going to take up a decent mm-hmm. amount of the show. <laughs> and I say it all the time about covering a sport and it's fun but it also makes like you like you get you get you get looped into these weird predicaments where because you keep repeating something people think you hate somebody or people think you got it out for somebody stop asking me the question then yeah like stop asking me the question no nah, no nah, yeah it's what it is like it's our job like Stephen A Smith says it the best it's our job to chronicle your success so if there isn't success, you gotta chronicle that too. Yeah, but keep it hundred, keep it one hundred all the time. So anyway, um, we were typing. I was typing a story. Mm. Excuse me, I was typing a story. Oh, actually, yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see that piece. But I know you say you was working on that. Yeah. So I was typing a story, and somebody in the newsroom was like, um, "Did you guys see the final score?" And I think our sports editor or somebody, one of the editors, kind of chuckled. And when they chuckled, they were like, oh, it was that bad again. I just didn't say nothing. I kept typing. And somebody was like, yeah, we lost by, I don't even know. There was like 30-something. Yeah, no. I was like, all right, now I'm about to chip in. I'm like, I have a question, guys. Can y'all get, we got three losses on a year. Can y'all guess what our three losses, how much each loss is by? Not in any particular order, but just can you guess it? They were like, no. I said 16, 26, 36. Yeah. 
somebody was like, next week we're going for 46. I was like, relax. Relax. And it's one of them situations to where even when people make jokes like that, I would love to be like, nah, relax. Like, chill out. But what do I say? Because I'm sitting in that position and people are telling me what happened with the Wyoming game. And I'm a t- I told them the truth. I said Arkansas State was going to beat us because they were more physical than us. Wyoming? They didn't have a pass attempt until less than 11 minutes left in the first half. So that means the wow. first 19 minutes they ran the football. The first 19 minutes of the game they ran the football. And they only threw the ball 12 times. It's all right, man. We uh, we gonna we looking forward. I think I just know our football program is looking forward. When does it start? Is what people are probably gonna ask because like it's my job yeah. to answer that question for people because people yeah. are asking me when is UNLV gonna compete for for a bowl game and I, I was telling people truthfully coming into this year, I thought a five hundred record was possible. Yeah. So to see the record, the season start off the way that it's starting off, I'm not completely shocked. But, I mean, one of these games you got to get that you're not supposed to get. Yeah. So now I'm looking at the Along rest of the schedule already capturing the ones that, we, that we're supposed that to get. So I'm looking at it like, okay, you kind of got to get Boise. The same way that Philadelphia was in, the, and we're going to get to that to the NFL later, but the same way that Philadelphia was in on Thursday night yeah, against my Green Bay Packers. kind of. Not even coming. It's week four, week five for them, but or it's week four for them, week five in, uh, for college football for us. But they went in like, yo, if we lose, we two games out of the top spot in our division. Yeah. We're yeah. not going to catch them. Yeah. And it's only two games. Yeah. So could you have caught them? Possibly. But their mindset was we, we're not going to catch them if we lose tonight. So I'm not going to lie. Now UNLV is in a position where you look at a team like Boise, we have to win. We have no choice. We've dropped too many that we shouldn't have. And not and more than that, we and when you when you know sports in general, you know that when you um know sports in general, you know that emotions, momentum, um all of that sways. Like all of that sways. The yeah. one thing that can't waver is confidence. And that's yeah. one thing that I'll never question about anybody on that team, anybody effort. in that coaching staff is confidence, effort, things of that nature. But to a certain extent, you look at the morale hit that this team keeps constantly taking. How many more you want them to take? Yeah, and it's tough because the thing is, you know that they have uh, uh, once, twice a season performance in them where they're going to look their better version of themselves. For sure. And like you said, back against the wall this week, for sure. Um, as far as a turning point in the season is considered, but like, I wouldn't be shocked at all if we pulled that game off. But see, but here's my here's my thing then. Because you just said it because you just said that and you said that they are good for one, maybe two, like show stopping performances where you're like, Oh wow, what is that? That's not the team we've watched yeah, all year. Standout game. So let me go ahead and, and we can kinda have fun with this now since you since you brought it up. And now we can look right at the schedule and I wanna know and right after this, before um, right after this, we can get to um, my mom's tipping too. But I want to look at the schedule. So let's say that they do have that one or two. It didn't happen against Southern Utah. That's my guess. Even though it was a fifty-six to twenty-three win, I'm not. If they want to consider that one of their marquee wins, 
We're that's, in trouble. That's the, yeah, the bars at the bottom. Yeah, we're in trouble. So let's say that you're right. Let's say that we get that one at Boise. Let's. That's one. I'm, I might would look maybe even past that and at that Vandy game. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm thinking more so in the conference. So let's say that, let's say that they do get one or two. Whether you count Boise or not, how many more are they getting versus San Diego State? I don't know. Halloween at Fresno State. Halloween. They might. Yeah. They might be having. They might have some juice. We would hope so. At the, I mean, at, for for the sake of their season at this point, I think all of these you got to kind of look at as must wins because you know that you're not going to get all of them. So, yeah. um, and, and yeah, no, crazier I mean, things have know, happened. Man. But that game at Fresno two years ago, there was Johnny Stanton got that win, and that was a huge win. So if they can get. I'm, I'm going to shoot them some bail. Like you said, if they can get Boise and they can get at Fresno State, I'm not going to lie. Hawaii looks – you see what Hawaii's doing? If we, you know, if we uh, pick up one or two of these next two, or if, even if we're competitive, these go down to the fourth quarter, these next two, we can finish, the, we can finish the, uh, our schedule out pretty strong, in my opinion. Not – Let's say we win the next three games, and that's – and yeah, let's take it one game at a time, but let's say we win the next three games because that's versus Boise – at Vanderbilt and at Fresno State. Yeah. That is brutal already. And then let's say let, so now the team is four and three. So now let's say this is where the games that are on the fence can can kind of come into play. Yeah. Versus San Diego State. That's at home against San Diego State. If we're riding a three game win streak, ooh, I like that game. Okay. Because that means we're doing a lot of things no, right. Yes, but the reason why, it's not that I disagree with that game if we're if we're on a three game yeah. win streak, I question whether we get to a three game win streak. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, that's, the odds wouldn't be in our favor for that for sure. I mean then after that you got at Colorado State. Okay, so let's say UNLV is five hundred at that time. Let's say UNLV is four and four. Yeah. And you look at everybody else on their schedule and you say oh, okay, um, let's say Fresno State is a tough game. UNR is a tough game because it's a rivalry game. Hawaii, the Ninth Island Showdown. Um, Boise State is Boise State. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. You give them all those. Those little pickups. Yeah, little you, pick you, give those, you give them those. You um, give them those. Ah, we got that. Asterisks yeah. next to it. Even if it's a loss, this is who you played. This is who you played. If the team is at four and four and they go to Colorado State, can't you see the team dropping a game like that? That they can't drop. That they absolutely cannot let slip away. Hasn't this team showed us in the past three, four years that those are the games that they drop? Yeah, and but the thing is, I, f- I feel like that game hasn't truly came to fruition even where there was a make or break. Right. Where, like you said, like there's bowl eligibility, maybe like stakes. Right. Legitimate stakes on a game like later in the season. I don't know. Not my tenure here, so I, I wouldn't be able to speak necessarily prior to that, but that's not one that I would be expected. But, man, you never know. I'm a – all right, this is what we're going to do because, like I said, it's, it always sounds like I'm being a hater and I'm not. But um, let's talk Let's talk about this Wyoming game only because um, I guess we could talk about what's going on in general. So everybody was saying that they didn't know how to bounce back and or know how to respond to Chuck going down in the second quarter. Chuck went down early in the second quarter with a knee injury, um, according to Sanchez at the in the half con- halftime. Halftime um halftime interview, he said it was a knee sprain, he was out, whatever the case may be. Everybody was saying that the team didn't know how to react and didn't know how to respond to 
uh, Chuck going down. For anybody who doesn't know, Chuck was the starter two years ago. Mm-hmm. That game against Howard, Chuck started that game. Mm-hmm. Chuck started over Lex before Lex had that rec- before Lex broke all them records his senior year. Lex came into that year, his senior year, second on the depth chart. Yeah. And Chuck suffered a season ending season ending ankle injury. Cause me and me and Chuck was in a boot at the same time. Watching from the sidelines. So <laughs> I'm not giving that any room as an excuse. Because two years ago, you and I'm gonna tell you two reasons why I'm not using it as an excuse and why I'm not uh, why I won't allow them to use it as an excuse. Two years ago, you lost Chuck for the year. You rebounded. You could say that there's not a Lex Thomas on this roster. Wasn't they just saying after week one, and we we get it's week one, but this is the reason why you can't say these things because when things don't go your way, you can't unsay it. Yeah. After week one, wasn't everybody talking about how deep this running back core was, how we can go four or five deep? No, this year. This year because you have Chuck, off, uh, you have t- – yeah, I mean, well, that was based going based off the Southern Utah game. That's what that's what I'm saying. So that's why you yeah. got to be careful what you say after week one, then because oh, when things don't go yeah, your you way, can't you can't unsay it. One eighty week to week. So if we had a yeah. four deep running back core in week one, don't tell me about Chuck suffering a knee sprain because that knee sprain isn't as big as the injury that he suffered against Howard that claimed his season. Yeah. So if you guys can't get over Chuck for that game, we do need that boy though. Absolutely. That goes without saying. Who doesn't need their starting running back? That goes without saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is you've propped everything up. To First of all, no offense to Chuck because I've been injured before and you can't control injury. Chuck has showed you that he had yeah. he's susceptible to injury. Yeah, he's not injury prone. On the field. Yeah, he's not injury prone, but he's, su- he's susceptible to injuries. And on top of that, look at how often we run the football. Yeah, too damn much. So when you look at it from that perspective – of course, you look at the wear and tear yeah, that you're not, putting on his body. Behind a SEC front line, like so, I don't know, man. It's just I feel like it definitely reaches the point where it is what it is. As far as whatever caliber you believe your program might be at, but every season a team has to figure out what they're playing for. And if there's not a bowl game, if it's not like ultimate competitive bragging rights. It's for something. Like there's some there's something some narratives to be found, like silver lining within the season. Like I think we have to win Reno still. That was yeah. Keep the cannon red. That was always one. The Ninth Island Showdown is always one. Still in a big conference road game is always one. Yeah, we can get one. Shit. So I mean, San Diego State is always one. Yeah. Um. So I mean, at the end of the day, when I look at this roster, like I said, if I was hoping for for a 500 season, that would be six wins. That means five would five more wins would have to come with the rest of the schedule. I don't know if I see five. Yeah, no. Let's say San Jose State. Let's say Colorado State. Let's say at UNR, and that's going to be a tough one, but let's say at UNR. Let's say Hawaii. Hawaii? Yeah, I was about to say, let's say Hawaii. But then that would be ending the year on four straight wins, but that means we would have to get a, one, a win in the next four weeks. And I – 
wait a minute, hold on, time out. Keep in mind, I just said we would have to get a win in the next four weeks and then win four weeks straight. And then close the season with it. Come on, my man. It's all right. We ain't got to play for a bowl game. <laughs> for it to be a I don't know. You know what? Um, next year. Next year. They said that last year. And this is the only thing that I will say then, because people have asked have asked me how I felt about certain situations or whatever, whatever. And I told people, to his defense, in his in his defense, uh, to his credit, whatever you, however, whatever term you want to use, whatever phrase you want to use, I've told Sanchez before that, or I've told people about Sanchez before, and I've talked to Sanchez about it plenty of times. Sanchez always let us let us know and let it be known when he was taking over the program. Um, this is what I have to deal with. This is what I have to deal with. This is what I have allotted to me, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. My first two seasons here, he kept, and this is where I got to choose my words wisely because I don't think he was necessarily passing the buck, but he kept letting people know it's not just a tunnel vision type thing. Like we're in it for the long haul, but he kept pointing to this season saying we have um i'll have all my scholarships then i'll be able to literally build my team it'll be the people that i already brought in plus i'll have all my scholarships at my disposal so i've always shot him bail for that but again once you say something you can't unsay it so now all season long if i hear an excuse the first thing i'm gonna think about is remind you what you said these are all your guys this is this is the team you envision. So if this team goes, whatever and whatever, this yeah. is this is this is your product. You can't blame anybody else for this one. Yeah. So I feel like it might be a little tougher, brother, uh, to turn around a football program. Oh, I'm not denying that at all. I'm. My yeah, only oh, thing for sure, is for sure. This is just I, a, uh, I can only marry you uh, to your words. Yeah. No, this is just the overarching like from the outside looking in like sports comment. You deal with the basketball team. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a switch it really because, quick. Because, yeah. The TJ. When TJ came in, and this is the conversation that we've had about Marvin Menzies on this, on, this, on, this, uh, on this platform before. When Coach TJ came in, TJ came in, and he said, yeah, I want to win. Like, I'm not even going to come in here and explain it. Oh, it's about building a program, whatever, whatever. That kind of goes without saying, but he was like, winning from day one. Winning. We're competing for conference championships. We're competing for NCAA the tournament tournament, wins, bo- yeah. tournament bursts. That's what I'm here for. So because of that, anything that falls short of that, I know TJ understands that's what we're coming with. Yeah. We have to marry you to your words. So with Sanchez, people, some people I've had some people tell me, oh, well, you're hard on Sanchez. Am I? Really? I've been no. operating in the back of my mind with, oh, 2019. 2019. That's the one. That's the year he keeps saying. So I've actually, in my mind, I've actually shot him bail yeah. until 2019. But this year, I feel like just me being responsible. If I did the, the if I did go the route of shooting you bail this year, anybody who's ever read my work for the past two years would be like, no, you are doing us a disservice. Like, ask him about that. Yeah. So I got to do what I got to do. I tell people all the time, it makes me no difference. Like. Yeah. I don't. My win loss record is zero and zero yeah. for UNLV football. I don't coach. I don't play. I got dogs that play on the team. Yeah, my guys and 
they they know they know the relationship they know how i feel about them i have a job to do they have a job to do nothing personal obviously like i said nobody in that program in general you're going to question their effort their heart their intensity their football acumen anything i say yeah not not even their marriage all we can talk about is the product yeah because the team is not always uh reflective of like some of its parts for for sure. sure For sure. For sure. So I mean, and at the same time too, one of the, one of the bigger questions that we talked about because we were talking about this seven, this fifty three to seventeen loss to Wyoming uh, at the hands of UNLV on Saturday. Um, but if you guys are just tuning in, you guys are listening to Talk That Talk. Um, I'm your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, and with Daryl D. Hoop Harris, and um, I'm a I'm a kind of get off of the rushing numbers because Chuck had seventeen yards on five rushes. Um, the rest of the game. The team uh, managed sixty yards, and our offense is, is a struggle to watch, bro. Sixty yards on the ground, I should say. Excuse me. Um, and this is the other part that I want to touch on because when that obviously isn't working, you got to rely on the passing game, and then because I mean, of the passing not game, not working against Wyoming, and then yeah, and then when the passing game isn't working. Sanchez had to do something. So, as a result of that, Kenyon Oblad entered the game in the second half, uh, and I think he only, I think he played a, a, a drive in the first half, but it was only a drive. Uh, came in in the second half, threw the ball thirty-one times, sixteen um, completions, one hundred and seventy-six yards, two interceptions. Obviously, the two interceptions is not something not something good to look at. Mm. Armani's uh, line was six for 13, 81 yards, yeah. a touchdown and an interception. Eight rushes, 29 yards, I believe. Um, the thing that got me is I understand it's RPO, and so that's why. Because the first thing, the f- I'm going to be completely honest. Looking at it, because I didn't watch the game in, in person, I'm looking at the the numbers and I'm listening to the game and I'm just putting two and two together and I'm like, at the end of this game, people are going to see the 31 pass attempts for Kenyon and 13 for Armani and they're going to say, he's getting all the snaps. You guys clearly caught a different game for Kenyon. So if you watch this team and you know what they go by and you know that they're running RPOs and they're running run pass option plays, then you understand it was, and I'm going to use this word loosely because you take what the defense gives you, but it was somewhat Armani's choice to throw the ball 13 times or choose to throw the ball only 13 times or whatever the case may be. That was probably their primary uh, strategy. Right. Because that's, yeah, that's their primary scheme. I mean, I would think anybody coming into UNLV's game. But you have to pass the ball when you're down. (laughs) When you're playing from behind, you have no choice. So I would assume that people can't would come into UNLV's game and say, hey, Armani has to beat you with his arm. Easy. That's what we're going to make him do. We're yeah. going to make him beat us over the top. Like, I, I, if you played a one – never mind. Um, so with that, with those numbers, I was sitting there and I was trying not to overdo the numbers. And I'm like, all right, let me not overdo it. Let me not overthink it. Let me just sit here and, and, and digest it. And I'm sitting there. And I'm looking at the numbers, and I'm like, okay, it's run pass option plays. So Kenyon probably feels more comfortable in running something. Maybe Kenyon sees something, whatever the case may be. And then I'm sitting there, and it goes back to what I said last week. 
I understand that players are in college now and you feel like um they know their position, they know their natural position, they know this is that and the third. We've seen players get their position switched in the NFL. Yeah. So it's never too late to do it if you have the proper guidance. And this goes back to my argument that I said last week, and I mentioned it before uh, yesterday as well to somebody. If you see that it is in his instincts to run, if he doesn't see his first read, yeah. and I'm talking about Armani, if you see that his instincts is to run, which doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. People have said that about yeah. Cam before. People said that about Colin Kaepernick. People said that about Vic. People said it about Lamar Jackson. Whatever. Like, whatever. People said it about Josh Allen um, in Buffalo. So, if his instincts is to run, and this is his third year and opening night, yeah. he started as the quarterback. I just wonder how many times, if at all, anybody in that coaching staff told Armani to put on a pair of gloves and line up in the slot. He's the tallest player on the team. On the Armani team, is 6'5", right? 225. <laughs> Nobody told Armani. He runs through well, he tackles. Yeah. He can take, he a can take a hit. He's proven to you he can take a hit. Yeah. Did anybody tell Armani to put on two pairs of gloves or two uh, gloves yeah, and gloves. line up in the slot? Me. Because, like I said, because now you have the defense guessing because Kenyon is your starter, but we yeah. got a slot that can play QB. Yeah. So now he he lined up in the wildcat, and you like, oh, he's about to run, and Armani drops back to pass, and you forget. Not, oh, oh he was their starting quarterback he's also last a runner. year. Yeah, and then he's a me. runner. <laughs> so now you're sitting there, and you're like, okay, he could do three different things. And it, so I now you the, don't look at yeah. him as a bad quarterback. You look at him as a great football what? player that can throw the ball a little bit. Yeah. Now you're gonna have people at the college, at the professional level, looking at Armani. He can't throw the football. No. Who's gonna want him? As, as an NFL quarterback, they're not gonna want him as an NFL quarterback. They're gonna look it's at him and be like, "How you feel about?" Incredible gap. That's an incredible. They're gonna gap. look at him and be like, "How you? You ever? You ever ran a kickback?" We saw. We saw Dwayne Haskins first throw. <laughs> so. It's one of those things to where, like I said, if you want the best for that person, like I said, you can't be. And I don't know where this, who made this decision or what, might as well what it go comes down to. Outside the box now. At this, I mean, at this point, I feel like now it might be a little too Dang, late. Yeah, but almost too late. Dang yeah. When I, um, when I was thinking about it originally, I was thinking about everything that surrounded the aura of Sanchez. Mm-hmm. And I tell you all the time, I'm happy I came to where I came to because you hear in California about Bishop Gorman in Vegas. You do. So I'm doing my research two years, three years before I knew I was even coming here. So I knew in-depth research about Sanchez prior to coming out here. So then to come out here, have conversations with him, and see these certain things, but then I hear people in the background saying, oh, he's so arrogant. Oh, he's so headstrong. Oh, he's so this. I mean, I'm not going to lie. In order to be a, a football coach, you got to, yeah, you got to believe in you. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily against it. But now when I think about this Armani thing, how much did you want to be proven right that this kid is a quarterback? Oh, yeah, he's definitely going down with the ship, it seems like, at this point. 
So I don't know who starts the next game. And again, I'm not saying Armani can't play quarterback. Maybe it's the development. Maybe it's who's teaching them. Now you gotta look at quarterbacks coaches. Now you gotta look at offensive coordinators. Yeah. Every time I say offensive oh, no. coordinator, I'm gonna say get well to Barney Cotton. Um I mean, when I look at it yeah. from that perspective, now I'm thinking about those arrogant comments, those those cocky comments when I first got here, and I'm like, I don't even know this man. Yeah. I mean, even still, man, I feel like every uh most most sports teams, but football teams, you really should build from the inside out. And that's really just going to be your platform moving forward, period. If you've got a disruptive defensive line, you're going to dictate the, the tempo of the game. If right. you've got a destructive offensive line and you can just run – if we can really utilize the talent that we have in the backfield and it's more effective because our line is is paving the way. Mm-hmm. And then now we can get some protection as well, but they're already on their heels because we're running the ball. Right. You go crazy. So I don't know if, if – if, what translates to to better recruitment there or better production there? I mean, when you when you speak of recruitment, I look at the number of Las Vegas talent that goes to the Washingtons, that goes to the Oregon's, that goes to the Arizona States, that goes to the Arizona. I think the and Pac-12 I'm like, has such a like a appeal. That to goes Vegas what I'm Where yeah, it's yeah, just of course, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, that goes absolutely what I'm saying. And, and even yeah, us getting. The high school coach who would have a five star label necessarily exactly that doesn't change the the programs where you come. That doesn't change the new destination. So I guess the All bigger the question goes back to because when I brought up Menzies and, T- and Coach TJ, when TJ came in and said what he said, I tell people all the time, Coach TJ's press conference is much different from Menzies, and everybody's like, "What do you mean?" Menzies came in and said that it was my job to build a program. I'm trying to get these kids to. Find out what UNLV basketball is about, whatever, whatever. Mentorship, too. Mentorship, good. things like Gross. that. GPAs. Like, that's what he was focused on. Yeah. And that's what he did. So, <laughs> this is the part where I feel like I, I, I shut up a lot of a lot of Marvin Menzies haters. When I tell people, who was the coach in between Menzies and TJ? In between? Yes. Exactly. There wasn't one. Yeah. So, for TJ to come in... And his press conference be, it's time to win. Wouldn't that mean that Menzies did his job? Secondly. So my question goes back to, when did the conversation with Marvin Menzies ever happen to where, hey, coach, now you've built the program. Now we need you to win. I'm almost 100% positive that conversation did not happen. Yeah, with firm expectations like a kind of outline exactly saying we see what you've done now let's let, of, now let's get something tangible coming down with an iron fist exactly which is why i think the team reacted the way that they reacted which is why i reacted the way that i reacted yeah. which is why the school reacted the way that they reacted which is why the city reacted the way that they reacted and obviously it has nothing to do with coach tj in itself i mean in a uh, particular to himself but I think it's interesting that the dynamic that I always bring up is I bring up Golden State mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. because I tell people their story is their story is remarkable. It's, it's remarkable. I think I'm gonna be completely honest. If UNLV makes the uh, NCAA tournament, that'll be a story, bro. Any year during TJ's um, tenure, it's the equivalent of Golden State. And now, if we win a national title, then that 
then it's definitely the equivalent of Golden State. But the reason why I say that is because when Mark Jackson was let go, the entire world – he was let go the same night that they got bounced from the playoffs by the Clippers. Immediately. That means he got through A with the post-game press conference and got called into the office and relieved of his duties. When Steve Kerr came in, Intent. every player said off-rip, Coach, we love you. We appreciate you. But you about to hear us raise hell. It has nothing to do with you. Steve Kerr sat back and said, I understand. Do what you got to do. Yeah, no cap. No cap. And you still got players like Andre Iguodala who won't shut up about it. I won't shut up about it. It's to the point to where I see Mark Jackson now. I've said something about it before. It's kind of, yeah. Everybody knows. Everybody knows you can coach basketball. So what is it? So me and Marcus have had somewhat of a conversation in that regard. So when I look at, this takes me back to Sanchez, end all be all, because obviously he doesn't have anything tangible right now. He he has the win against Reno. He has, uh, well, two wins against Reno. He has, um, yeah, he has the facility. The Raiders is coming out. Now, a lot of these different things you could say with the Raiders coming out, the facility, no, but with the Raiders coming out, um, uh, the partnership with whoever the NFL yeah, the team attention. that was coming out, yeah, eyes. that was probably going to happen anyway because Vegas was just got the Aces, just got the Golden Knights, yeah, yeah, seen yeah. the success. Yeah. The NFL was going to be the next team yeah, anyway. No, he's lucky to reach that. So it's one of those situations where you could say whoever was in that position was probably going to get that anyway. Yeah. Now, that new Fertitta football complex, no, that's Sanchez. That's Sanchez. That's that's his yeah. groundwork. That's his idea. That's his vision. Footprint. Give him that. Yeah. That's his. I think end all be all because I've had somebody ask me the tough question was not even if Sanchez gets fired, does he make it through the year? Somebody told me the moment that they feel like the moment that UNLV loses that last game to become non bowl eligible, they think Sanchez is relieved then. Hmm. I told him, I'm not 100% sure because of this one question. Yeah. And you kind of alluded to it. People that are on the outside looking in that saw Sanchez. Now, what we can definitely, I think we can agree on, the aura surrounding Sanchez as a football coach has died down Mm -hmm. significantly compared to Gorman. So not saying he's still not in demand for a lot of places. I'm sure a lot of places would love to have him. However, for kids, for recruits, are they looking at UNLV like at least that program is in a much better position than it was two years ago, three years ago, four years ago? If that answer continues to be an overwhelming no, then I like that person's question to me. When? It's more so becomes a question of when do you let Sanchez go? Yeah. And it's tough, man. I guess we have to keep in mind, like, universities and ADs and uh, administrators, they have in mind the bigger picture when they bring in their staffs. Right. Whether this person's probably going to be a transitional piece or, you know what, we think we landed, this is it. We think we landed, this is him. This right. might be our guy. Um, and they reassess that year in and year out based on their contract to see, all right, are we really going to stick with this? We're like, or are we already looking ahead? Um, so these decisions, yeah, definitely are no surprise. They're not made on a whim. Um, and you get the feeling prior to something like that taking place. Yeah, for I sure. I feel like they might still – I think there's still some leeway. With, with Sanchez? With Sanchez. That's why when they that's I, why I, when they asked that question, I was like, I'm gonna be honest with you. 
even and, it, and even though I said coming into this year, UNLV fans would probably throw a parade if the team had a 500 year. And I said that because I said the bar is so low for UNLV football. I said, and for anybody who wants to say that it's not, what did Desiree say during TJ's press conference? Basketball has, our basketball program has a richer history. So our football program, we're still building that history. We're still moving toward that legacy. Yeah. I said then, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. That was a football story that just popped out of this press conference. Did anybody catch that? And there was a couple of people around me that was like, mm, no, what happened? What? Yeah. So how long does Sanchez have? Does he get like a John Gruden 10-year plan? Like, which, just tell us. Like, tell us so we know what to do. Which We know yeah. how to operate. Yeah, and you just, I don't know. You, you have, then you have parts of your fan base that just feel very differently. A lot because of people do. There's plenty of people who would be like, all right, why is it taking this long? Like you said, this is so-and-so. You ought to have been done with that. Yeah. You have been done for last season, like, with a new quarterback, which no shame, but they just would have made change, like, what I'm saying. Like, it would have been different. Um, who knows, man? Who knows? I do want to give a shout-out, though, Go ahead. to uh, my Baylor Bears, man, 4-0, and one of the last unbeaten schools in the country. Um, and to the job that Matt Rule is doing as their head coach. Um, when he came in, it was immediately following a, a interim season after they swept through the coaching department um, and the university. Mm. Um, and then they built that work up of a before and after from like a – before it was kind of like a, more of a big name. They were reaching like heights as, as a university, as a program. And then they kind of fell to rock bottom, and now he's doing it with some real just – guys that want to win and it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool to see it's gritty and i mean shout out to baylor for that and i mean like i said before <laughs> if you're on this campus and you're writing i tell people all the time like the same way that if you're a writer i would hope that you would want um the highest like i would i would hope that you would want a Pulitzer surprise like i would hope that you want the highest recognition for whatever your uh whatever your field is for instance, if you're an artist, I would hope that you would want a Grammy. I would hope that th- just certain things, whether you feel like it matters to you and your person, like specifically, it matters to the idea of your artistry. So the reason why I say that is because I tell people I take no pleasure in saying the things that I feel like I'm, I have to say. Yeah, when it's not good. I want to cover a bowl game. Yeah. I want to cover a bowl game. I want to cover NCAA t- March Madness appearance. Like, I want to cover these things. Yeah. So, my whole thing is, when you, we're being as transparent as possible, but at the same time, we're trying to be the voice for the voices that we hear. And like I said, and I'm hearing True. bluebirds in the second quarter of week True. three. And I'm sitting there like, all right, guys, trust Bro. me. I've, I'm here every – I have to be here every game from start to finish, hours after the game possibly, or yeah. an hour after the game. Yeah. I got to think all about right. this game tomorrow. Yeah, like I have to I have to go home. You get to go home, take a shower, and be done. Yeah. I got to go home, write, do yeah, all of these different things saying. before yeah. I get the shower, before I get to eat. I can't leave this game yet. Like, I have to deal with this. And on top of that, you cannot come to the game. I can't not go. Yeah. Like – this is every year, every day I got to be here. So it's one of those things to where 
I do think some fans come out, and I said it last week. I think some fans come out, and they just point the finger. Yeah. And it's like it's one of those things where it's like, all right, bro, relax. Like, if you expect your team to do anything positive, I mean, what's your title? Like, I'll ask a random fan, what's your title? Mm-hmm. To them, they don't know your name. So they'll point at you and say, you're a fan. If you're booing in the second quarter, you don't look like a fan of them. No. So did you come out just to boo? Now, okay, if it's a 30-point deficit in the fourth quarter and we got a punt again, okay. Understandably so. Yeah. In the second quarter, when things can still be when things can still be done yeah, and bro, changes can not, be you're made. Not at the game, bro. Yeah, come on. Yeah. It's just like I just that from the fan base, I just don't get. And I think, like you said, it could be them frustrated with Sanchez. It could be them feeling like Sanchez doesn't have a sense of urgency. It could be them feeling like we Sanchez hasn't lived up to his really doesn't play though. But this is what I've said before. You have to when to his detriment and <laughs> for his good. I, well, I'm glad you said that because it goes back to my original point. I told Alex, cool, when it comes to baseball. I think anything aviator, I think they should be able to chew the aviators out. I think they should chew UNLV baseball out. I think they should chew out high schools. I think they should chew out community college baseball teams because this city has produced two of the three. I'm not going to say two of the three. Two of the top six best baseball players today. Yeah, facts. And that's Bryce Harper and Chris Bryant. So I told Alex, yeah, I'm kind of with it. And the fact that you got running Rebel Basketball here, you got Summer League here, I was like, even then, I'll even give Vegas fans a little bit of leeway with basketball. Mm -hmm. I still feel like certain states could be like, shut up, you ain't got a pro team. So I think they still got to watch it with that. But I told her, I was like, football? You ain't got a national championship. Very, so many of them. So I was like, okay, so if that's the case, Let's remember what fan base we're talking about right now. We're talking about UNLV football. Yeah. At some point, do you not just want to take what you can get? <laughs> and even that, man, there's like a little bit of pretentiousness maybe within the fan base because it's like there's you can be a not great school with a great fan base. For sure. And then that always will translate to the team. Always. That's why I said it. the boobers in the second quarter I just don't get. I'm just like, what do you want them to win? Cause at this point, I don't even. You're not even sending out, and we we laugh and talk. You're acting like it's Cleveland. Yeah, like, like we laugh and joke about about vibes and energies a lot. Yeah. But nah, seriously, like you're booing in the second quarter. I don't know. Like I just kind of look at it like, let's say it's a let's say it's a company softball. I'm gonna try to make it to where everybody can hopefully understand it. It's a company softball game. Yeah. You strike out in the third inning. Your team boos you. <laughs> Oh. When you come back up in the fifth, oh. seventh, and ninth, you're gonna be like, "I cannot strike out. I cannot strike out. I cannot strike out." So now you're not thinking about the game. You're thinking about not letting these team, this this team down behind you, or the fans down behind you, or whatever the case may be. So now, when Armani drives back to pass, yeah, he doesn't have go through his progression, progress through your reads, go like through your progressions in your head, whatsoever. break down the defense, see what they're running. The moment he hikes the ball, he's thinking, I got to make a play. Yeah, you don't see that poise. I've said, that was the mean, first word I used yeah, when I seen Armani play. have it, but it's, it's the context. It's everything is like, 
ah, it's like, yeah. But see, but poise also goes back to a thing, and I think this is why we're somewhat going in a circle here, but then poise goes back to the thing of a player can have poise or not have poise depending on who's leading them. Oh, perfect, yeah. Yeah, the context, yeah. So Yeah, you mean, that's what I'm saying. So I think yeah. that's why I said we're going to continue to go back in a circle with this because we're both trying to figure out which one comes first. Is it, Which one came first, the chicken or the egg? We're trying to figure out if you guys – like I said, because I think neither nobody would argue that Armani's not a football player, really, and even an, an intriguing one. Yeah, like like I said, if you, I think if you remove him from quarterback, I think he's gonna take it as like a pride shot. But I think you have to tell him you be are a, going be to be athlete. so much be, more be dangerous. A, you can be a Taysom Hill. Yeah, to be an athlete. Like you can be somebody that that There's played a, the a quarterback position. Like I said, Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman, for instance, because that's that's yeah. the main person I bring up. That's why, I was, yeah. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, bro, that's dangerous. Double exactly, pass, double pass actions. But not even that. When you look at Julian Edelman, he is somebody that I think I'm going to constantly bring up because unless somebody can give me, unless my dad can go back further and give me a different name, Julian Edelman throws the ball four, maybe five times a year. Like he, yeah. like New England gives him a shot. Yeah. This is college. Yeah. You could be a you could be you could be a you could be a third the third wide receiver on the depth chart, play Wildcat and still throw the ball eight nine times, yeah. in a game. So it like I said, I, it's all about the way that you do it. It's all about the handling of it. I think if you go to Armani and say, "Hey, we're gonna go with Kenyon at quarterback," this is the reason why he um, whether you point to arm strength, whether you point to his willingness to to take those throws, whatever you point to, it needs to circle back around to. But we're gonna utilize you we so much like more as a football player. Yeah, because now we can have you out there lined up a thousand different ways. Shit. And you probably would see some poise. I think you would. First of all, I think you would ease his brain because now even if he's answering questions about, oh, you got removed as a starting quarterback, is that an ego hit? Is that a brute? Like, are you thinking about transferring? You think about all these different things. If you've had that conversation with him, Armani goes into it like, I mean, no, I think you guys are probably making it more of a bigger deal than me. Just because I'm not the starting quarterback doesn't mean you won't see me lined up under center. Yeah. Boom. Shut up. Boom. Every reporter would be like, oh, lined up under center still. Huh? Why receiver lined up under center? It's all about the way that you handle it. Yeah. Have a conversation with that man to where now that man knows how to go about his business. Or you just do whatever is going to be best for him. And make something of it. Which is why I said before, has anybody put gloves on him and threw him out there in practice? Because if you can't catch, okay, cool. Then we know. This is what we're going to do with you. Yeah. Now, if he can, now you sit there and you like, hmm. I mean, he got to be able to catch a screen. You feel me? I mean, even if he, if he line up in a slot and you throw a short slant across the middle and let him just do, let him do what his legs do, he got the high step, he got the long legs, he could hurt him. Reach. So you look at you yeah. got the long arms, you got the huge hands. Yeah. So we we about to get off this topic because Armani could be a crazy good football player. I just think people are so psyched on him being this next generation dual quarterback. Da, 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 da. Maybe he doesn't have the arm strength yet, or maybe he needs what more time. Does he need more guidance? Does he need a different person? Does he need to change a scenario? What does he need? Or yeah. Just need to change his position. But I think these questions can't be asked year three. They can't. Yeah. 
But if you don't ask them by year three, it's kind of an indictment. By year three. Yeah. By year three. You can't start the conversation in year three. Yeah. What, and that's what, what we're doing. You, what have you been doing? Yeah. You're, what did you do? That's insan- what, insanity. More than anything, two separate times. And this is why, like I said, hindsight <laughs> is twenty twenty. but I've, I said it in the moment. Two, the, two, the, the years that I've been covering the team, two years ago, when Armani went down with the concussion, Johnny Stanton went two and one. When Armani went down with the foot injury last year. Yeah, he didn't start that game against uh, Max. Yeah. Max played yeah. three, four straight games. Might have been more than. Might have been more than. I think. I think he actually. I think he played way more like than the that. Last Mac, yeah, Max played like. Max played like. Um, Definitely the last half of the season. Yeah, so I would say Max played six, seven games somewhere in that region. So. Going back into year three, and this and this is just what's so interesting because I wonder what that conversation was like in that in that um in that coach's war room only because when you see Johnny Stan win football games in a different way than Armani, you see mm-hmm. um Max averaged over two hundred passing yards a game, mm-hmm. regardless of the outcome. I just wonder why or what prevented those conversations from happening then. I would love to know plenty of things. I would love to know how often there was a there was an open quarterback competition. Even if you say it's an open quarterback competition, and you know regardless of what happens, yeah. you're going to start Armani. Did you say it? Probably not. So that goes back to the arrogant comment. Are you looking at Armani and you're like, at some point, he's going to figure it out and the world isn't going to know what to do with him? Hmm. Want to know who else we looked at that and said? And this is not an indictment on Armani because I feel like he can be really, really good. I just credited him and I'm not going to water down my statement anymore. We also said that about Jamarcus Russell. I was thinking, bro, I, had, I was thinking, I was like, who, Manziel? I was like, who, we also who? said that about Johnny Manziel. <laughs> he's going to figure it out. Yeah. Tebow? He didn't. Yeah. Yeah, we said Tebow was going to figure it out. He didn't. We no. said Dante Culpepper was going to eventually figure it out. He didn't. Not quite. And and I love Dante because in being a Packer fan, Shoot. he torched Shoot, us. Man, I, Vince Young. We always said he was going to figure it out. Never quite got there. A lot of people are saying Baker Mayfield is going to figure it out. He might not ever get there. Yeah. Uh, that man's a different quarterback week to week. <laughs> and everybody's talking. We're going to talk about that, too. I don't even know if we got time today, but they everybody's talking about that 40 to 25 win. 20, 20 completions is great. 342 yards is great. The one touchdown? Now, going into the game, he threw a touchdown against that Baltimore defense. I would look at it and be like, okay, great. That's great. But yeah. when you look at Everything surrounding him, like I said, and the arrogance that he kind of accepted it and brought it on and kind of piled more onto himself. You can't do that and throw one touchdown. You can't. Nah, do not that. one touch when, you you when y'all get when y'all get forty. When y'all got forty. When y'all get forty. Oh, you supposed to throw two in a quarter for the fun of it. You supposed, anyway. supposed to. You supposed to t- celebrate one time. You supposed to celebrate. <laughs> Shout out to Jarvis Landry who had eight catches for 167 yards and left the game with a concussion, and I was taxing. 
<laughs> in the uh in the fantasy league. But um yeah, anyway, if you guys definitely it's going up. It's going up. Yeah. But if you guys are just um listening to the show, we're about an hour in about halfway through. You guys are listening to Talk That Talk. Um we will be getting back to the Rebel HD two. Um the little bit of information that I have for you guys is we're discussing a possible um show a a day move. So we're we're talking about possibly moving a show to a different day. Um trying to figure out the time would be the same, trying to figure out if we switch the time up, but we're looking at a weekend day for the show and then a weekday hour version of the show. So it's looking like some moving and shaking going on, but because of this, you guys writing this out with us, it's looking like the result might be a weekend version of this show and a second part to this show. So that's what it's looking like the the um compromise is going to be because, I mean, I've been speaking out on behalf of you guys or all the listeners, letting um anybody who will listen in this station know that I got people who listen and they want to know what's going on and when they can't listen to it live they feel some type of way and it's making the station look some type of way so um hopefully we can get that resolved soon but as a result i'm trying to get them to give us two days so that way you guys can get your full fix to talk that talk but um really quick i do want to talk about uh, my mom's tip in for today she said one lie is all it takes for a person to lose interest and distrust someone best thing to do is always be a friend and remain real and always tell the truth I think that's important to read, especially after the conversation we just had, because as I said before, my record at UNLV is zero and zero. <laughs> I don't get paid Tell to make truth, decisions. Shame here. the devil. So I don't get paid to make sports decisions in that regard here. Um, yeah, and who wants to cover a losing team? So I think that's stupid. Whenever people say the things that they say to me, I'll be like, yeah, right. definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so yeah, man, I do want to talk about, uh, two things really. Main thing I want to do, um, I I wanted to get into baseball really quick. Three things actually. I wanted to get into baseball quick because you know what? I'm going to end with baseball. I'm going to end with baseball. I'm going to go to California and I'm going to go to the California Fair Play Act next. Um, Mm -hmm. what did I, where did I just say it at? Oh, it was episode 12. We were talking about music. Yeah, I think we were talking about um <laughs> we were talking about uh Dr. Dre being on the top 50 rappers list. And Yeah, and we talked about it on episode 13 again because I posed the question of um or we were talking about top 50 rappers I think for whatever reason. And somebody brought up Dre and I was like this is where we talk about criteria. Like are we talking about rapping? influence is it producers yeah. like is it overall icon status what are we talking about it's and they were like rap and i was like wait a minute like ability to rap and he was like yeah i was like oh dre don't make it and he was like it was doing it and doing it was like what cut and dry dre don't make it rapping ability yeah i can name 50 people that rap better than dre yes yeah if you're talking producers, absolutely he in there. If you're talking icon influencers, absolutely he's in there. Now, if you're talking about discographies and things like that, because he has his imprint on so many different things, okay, then yeah, then he's up there. But as far as rapping ability, no, I'm not putting him in there. So I said all of that to say that, because um, we, we said that, and then we got around to um, Snoop and Ice Cube. And we was doing this thing to where if one make it, one can't. 
So we got to Snoop and Cube, and it got really, really hard. Because it was like, man, like, I was like, all right, cool. I think initially I was like, Cube. Cube, and then I was like, Snoop can't make it into the top ten. And then I thought about it and was like, hmm. Like, just throwing Snoop to the side is kind of crazy. Yeah. So I was like, and then me, Alex, and Duna had the conversation of, why was it so hard to get rid of Snoop or Cube? Yeah. And both of us kind of, and all of us kind of got to the point to where you see pieces of both of them, not only in California, you see them everywhere. So that's when we were like, does it go down, or does it come down to California being a portal? Yeah. People determine what's cool based on what we think is cool in California. Oh, certainly. So uh, make sure you move the mouse really quick. So I say all of that to say that the F- California Fair Play Act. Yeah, we're the it's trial, just we're the that. trial one for everything. Man. They they legalize same sex marriage in Cali first. It, it, it's just that legalize weed first. It's just that Co- Colorado did, I think. Um, it's just yeah. that. It's just, it's just California saying, "This is how we gonna do it." Oh, we can't do what? Yeah. Oh, we'll do it. Yeah. I had somebody. We had a conversation in class about this. It was journalism, not four hundred one. It was journalism three ten advanced reporting. Uh, shout out to uh, Mr. Borchard. And um, we were having a conversation about the California Fair Play Act. And somebody was like, California shouldn't do that because this is that and the third, whatever, whatever. Um, it's not good for students to get paid, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I'm like, all right, before I even get into how the university makes so much money off their backs, I'm not even going to say much. So I sit there and somebody was like, well, you got to understand, these California schools are so big and they got so much of a big following they're probably going to do their own tournament and things anyway if you kick them out of the NCAA. And I was in the back of the class and was like, exactly. And everybody was like, well, and everybody was like, well, no. I was like, no, what? They were like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, if they do their own thing, the NCAA is doing their own thing, who's going to watch? I was like, what do you mean who's going to watch? I said, California in itself. I said, I'm going to name you. Just a couple of schools. I said, you have USC, you have UCLA, you have San Diego State, you have Stanford. I just named four teams. That's just four. Yeah. I was like, that's just four. Just four. One is up north, one is down south, or in Southern California, and then two are next door to each other. Yeah. Think about the all the ground of California I didn't touch yet. Yeah. So I told them, I was like, okay. I said, and do you know how many bowl games and neutral site games take place in California? Oh, and somebody was like, well, who, like, what, are they going to tell the NCAA no? Oh, they silly for that. They I was like, yes, that. they would. And they yeah. were like, well, nobody's going to turn down, nobody's going to turn down that money and revenue, whatever the NCAA is going to bring them. I looked at them and said, how much are they missing out on by not being able to participate in the events? <laughs> right. That's and he domestic, was like, well, <laughs> he was like, well, that's something. I said, so here's the deal. I said, the moment that California not passed it, like signed it in the law yes, uh, yesterday, but when they, um, or this past weekend, but when they first passed it, when they first yeah. said this is something that we we're going to send to to the governor, New York hopped on it that same day and passed it. I was talking to somebody this morning and I said, that's just two, California and New York. I said, you let's say that the NCAA in 2023, let's say that they say California schools can't participate. Yeah. Cool. Let's say New York passes theirs end of this year, beginning of next year. Let's say New York's take the, place. Uh, that would be one of the dumbest things the NCAA would ever do. Let me explain why I feel like it would trickle down and they would be like, the moment that 
the moment that it would hit him, this is where I think it would hit him. Let's say 2023, the they say California schools can't do it, whatever. 2024, New York's goes into effect. Mm. So now, by nature, you have to follow trend. New York can't do it. I told somebody this morning, two states. Not those two, because those are already big enough. Two states, the moment that they sign it, the NCAA would change their outlook. Texas Number one Florida. is Florida. <laughs> Texas and Florida, both of them. It's a wrap. How yeah. are you going to have a college football season without – or are you going to tell people from Miami, people from the, people from the Florida yeah. Gators, people from the Texas Longhorns, yeah. you're going to tell people from that school, people that play there to say, hey, partake in our 12-game, 13-game college Ooh. football play, college football season, but we're not going to give you a bowl game. Yeah. Who's going to watch a college football season without SC, Texas, no. Florida, the and U. Anything, they would jump right in with the Premier League of Cali, Florida, Texas. and <laughs> That that <laughs> championship, that college football season might be better than the NCAAs anyway. Yeah, because it's – Because I know you got I know you got Ohio State, you got Oklahoma, Everybody you got Bama. And honestly, I'm looking at a school like – I'm looking at yeah. a state like Alabama. I'm oh, looking yeah. at a state you like pull, Oklahoma. You pull from the SEC? It's a wrap. The SEC is already an entity of its own. What happens when Louisiana does it? <laughs> and you ain't got no LSU no more? It's already the, its own entity. So, yeah, facts. You have no leverage in that in that argument. So let me just go ahead and, and start this now and explain to you guys and tell you guys, go ahead and thank California now because soon enough this will be a federal law that college kids can make money off of their likeness. So thank you to California for Which continuing to be fair. ahead of the game. It's simply fair, man, because I believe California just – I haven't read this explicitly myself mm-hmm. but i believe that they just put into formality what's already taking place it's no secret that athletes are compensated for sure different athletes ways whether it's shoes whether it's athletes meals every weekend whatever it is yeah tuition money like being tangibly applied yeah to electronics you, like it's they're being compensated but for the ones who do deserve it the percentile that is really a household name in and of themselves have sponsorship opportunity that they have to decline because they're a student athlete yep. for that percentage of individuals it's, it's worth it it's deserving and it's respectful and in, in turn it will make the college brand just more legitimate as well. it's man i you you're because now college sports are competing with semi-pros absolutely like more than absolutely. ever college football more gets ever. more college football gets more of a buzz than the nfl does and people may listen to that and be like, what? I said buzz. No, yeah, because you have, regardless of what happens, is happening in the NFL, you have some people that'll be like, dog, at the end of the day, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady on one side and then whoever is left in the NFC. Because yeah. NFC guys, yeah. <laughs> so like if Tom like Brady goes, it's one of those things to where if Aaron Rodgers goes down, okay, cool, the Packers is out this year. Oh, Drew Brees oh, went down. The past, the past, oh, the Saints the is out this year. The it. <laughs> then you look at it that way and you, you narrow it down like that. College football, you have a Michigan that goes eleven and two one year, yeah. and then the following year they got two losses in their first five weeks, and you like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. We looking at five hundred for Michigan. So now it's a different conversation. Now you're trying to figure out if they get a Peach Bowl game or if they playing in an Outback Bowl. You like, yeah. oh, I don't know which one we got. So 
when I say excitement, that's what I mean. So let's say that these different schools are out. I think you're only going to get a couple of seasons of the Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, LSU, Georgia, all those different ones. And then you're going to get a team or you're going to get a state like a Oklahoma who feels like who not even feels like who knows and like a Georgia who knows the amount of high school talent that's coming out of there mm-hmm. and they keep going to Bama and they keep going to Ohio State and they keep going to SC. Huh. If we pass what they pass, you'll be more inclined to come here huh, and stay oh. in Oklahoma or you'll be more inclined to go be a bulldog and play for Kirby Smart. Hey, pass this. Or down south, man, you want to make some bread. Why, why would you stay down there? Come to Cali. You know how many people are going to be like, oh, I'm going to USC. Bet. Oh, I'm going to San Diego State. Bro. Oh, oh I'll, I'm going to I'll, Stanford. I'll go to UC Irvine. <laughs> like, bro, like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, at this point, I'll go to Dominguez Hill. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, at this point, they even got a football team. It's like, it's one of those things where. Don't do that. When you, <laughs> no, <don't> do that. <laughs> no cap. Like, I'm serious. You're going to get get people from across the world that's like, I'm going there. Why? I can make money. And even then, like you said, if you go to a UC Irvine, that's even more the reason of if a person don't feel like they would be a star at a USC, oh, I'm going to go to a UC Irvine and get all the the car dealership uh, commercials. (laughs) What? I'm getting all these car dealership. Oh, Foot Locker need need an athlete? Oh, who you gonna who's gonna come to Irvine? Uh, oh, let me let me go on campus and get this star wide receiver. Yeah, nah, real talk. So, I would just like to tell the world thank to say thank you to California again for saving a day. Somebody gotta do it. Somebody gotta. Because New York is following suit. I think Texas would be the next one. I think once Texas happened, I think right. the N, I think the NCAA raises their antennas a little bit, and they're like, all right, let's have a conversation. Because they know everything that comes out of Texas. Texas sure. itself For sure. could run its own high school and its own college. I almost said NFL, kind of. I mean, yeah. um, They can run their own high school and their own college league. Yeah. Like, Already. and Texas is a big enough state to where you could fly from oh, yeah, <laughs> from no, one state, to, from one city to another city. The high school football playoff out there is it's no, insane. no joke. It's insane. Have you seen them high school? That junk, them like, high school locker rooms? Half fills out Arlington Stadium. AT and T, like, bro. Yeah, to watch some seventeen-year-olds. It's wild. So I think Texas is going to be the next school after New York. I think Oklahoma, Georgia. I think Georgia, Florida. Those schools are going to be like, hell, we want to keep y'all too. Yeah. So. Like you said, I think we kind of just touched on a lot of different parts of it, but kind of all the moving parts. I think a lot of people are going to look at it like um, California is the place to go to go make this money. And I think these other states are going to look at it like we got to do something to compete. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess it is what it is at this point. Um, we could talk about week four for football. Um, we could start with the Eagles and Packers. I kind of already said what I wanted to say about it. The Eagles needed this game, the Packers. Um the Packers just didn't look like they wanted it as bad as Philly. Yeah. However, six plays inside of the five, not one run. We had the league's leading rusher last year in terms of yards per carry. Mm. You know what's funny? I mean, you saw what uh, I'm not even what Casey off. did with the game on the line. He handed the ball off back to back. I'm not even going to go off about it because all I'm going to do, and this is how I know I'm doing something right. Yeah. Because once I – <laughs> Once we lost, I mean, especially when you 
Especially, like I tell you too, when the Packers lose, I don't get mad because the Packers don't lose often. So when we do lose, I'm like, eh, all right, whatever, cool. How'd they beat us? How'd they beat us? So when we lost, I wasn't even like, I actually, I lied. I was kind of hot in the moment because I went to Twitter and I was just like, so we didn't learn from Seattle. We ran that exact same play that Seattle got picked off of. We re-ran the exact same play. If we believe in, in like, superstitions and bad juju and bad – Why read? Why re- why create? run the same damn play? One of the worst decisions <laughs> in football history. So when I watched the pick, I'm not going to lie, initially I laughed. It's like, wow. Because I was like, it's a flag somewhere. Like, it's a flag somewhere and Aaron, really and Aaron tried to get the ball off. Yeah. And when I seen it wasn't, I laughed and was like, <laughs> we just did the same thing they did. Yeah. The same Malcolm Jenkins read it and pushed the quarterback up and was like, "Yo." He was like, "I know what they're you doing." Do that. <laughs> yeah. So once he pushed them, once I seen neither one of them made the play and the ball got tipped, I was like, "Oh, yep. Okay. So we didn't learn." And you know what, bro? This is why I'm a huge bro. So going back to my time at Baylor, I was already a Patrick Mahomes fan. Because we played them in the Big 12. and, and they, Almost cursed. You're crazy. And they score 50 every time. But You're crazy. I love Pat because he's not a selfish player. He does. He does. He's like he showboats a little bit. But I get no vibes that he's selfish whatsoever. And I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's the prototypical quarterback. If you build him from scratch, you can't get better than, than that I almost agree. as a thrower. And But it's like you feel like he wants the offense to go through him. He does. Which he, yeah. And he does. Like, and yeah. Yeah, start to finish. Absolutely. <laughs> and Pat, I lo- I just like yesterday, that was a clutch win. Big yeah. time win. And it, was a, it and it was a win that you might have just touched on it, but Patrick pulled that game out in a game that Detroit made good. Yeah. In the games that the Packers pull out, <laughs> I say it all the time, and I've said it on this radio show before, and I need to find and that episode. for his defense. Was yeah, which – and then and they always stay getting Kinda, lit up. Yeah. So um shout out to Tyron Matthew because I that's that is the one person that I was like if yeah. anybody can kind of switch it. It's the game though. You, they play a high high profile game. Like Yeah, it's and it's super high speed. Like it's yeah. just so high octane. Yeah, at all times. So it's like you it's watching, swing big. You watching five star football. Like, yeah. That's the best way to put it. Five star football. And when I when I mentioned Pat the way Patrick won, the one thing I mentioned is Aaron. And I've said it on the show before, and I've told my brother this, and I've said it on the podcast before, too. As much as I, I tell you all the time, I will always bet on Aaron Rodgers because I've seen him do it. I'll always bet on Aaron Rodgers because I've been spoiled as a Green Bay Packer fan. Yeah. I went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. So I my best friend's don't a Packer, know. My best friend's a Packer fan, man. So I, I, I respect the Packer timeline myself. Yeah, and I truthfully, like I told my dad, it's very few teams that can say what I'm about to say. In my lifetime, I've never seen a bad quarterback. Yeah, I don't know what one is. So like watching T or watching um Detroit go through John Kidnas and Joey Harrington's and like I'm looking at those situations and I'm like, oh, that's yeah. teams really go through that. So the one thing that I've always had against Aaron is <laughs> and I think you kind of just said it, but because he can make those plays. And because he's probably the only person to be able to make those plays, I think Aaron likes being in those situations. He does. And it drives me up a wall. Because there are certain games where I'm like – He thinks he's playing Madden. 
you can put up 35 and put this game away. But yet and still with 17-13 with 12 minutes left and at the fourth quarter, and then he goes to 11-11, lights out. You could have done this the whole game, couldn't you? But he's like in the middle of the game, he's like, nah, coach, can we try that one thing so we can see if it actually works? Yeah, like <laughs> now you want to like you want to experiment we, we'll in the experiment second quarter. Me, yeah. Can we experiment in the fourth quarter when we got a lead? Drives, I'm like, yo, we didn't have to punt this drive. But like, alright. There's just yeah. I don't even you, care at this point. <laughs> I don't even care at this point because I think the reason why I say I don't care is because you gotta learn to take the good with the bad. And it's Didn't probably not good. Adams go down? Uh, tur- uh, yeah, with a toe, with a toe, with a turf toe. It's but not like, that yeah, bad. He didn't finish but the game, though. He didn't no. finish the game. And if that he would have finished the game, that would have been his spot. He was unstoppable that game. He's unstoppable, period. Yeah, and the thing is, I was, I was like, people really think last year, like early last year, I was like, dang, we putting him in that top ten, top five. Bro's legit. Bro's legit. Because obviously he's not like Aaron Rodgers' weapon. Devontae Adams is not top five. I will, I will not say that. And I'm a Packer fan. He's not top five. No. Top ten. You can say he's in the top ten conversation. Top ten conversation. Top ten conversation for sure. Honestly, let's let's do this real quick. Yeah. Because Are we counting A B? A B is still active. I'm just gonna say he's active. Whatever. So yeah. regardless of order, A B Julio. Julio, OBJ, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. Um, I'm gonna go Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. That top five is Mando. But even then, six, regardless, I'm going Larry Fitzgerald, because I don't care how anybody else feels. Um, hey, that's respect. That's that's a lot of respect. Larry right Fitzgerald. Um, I think you could argue that Juju was a top ten receiver. Almost. Um, Mike Evans. Almost. Actually, I think I would throw Mike Evans in there because Mike Evans is unstoppable. Mike Evans is like I think you have to James double Mike clicking. Evans. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or either you need his quarterback click. Mike Evans himself, you can't do much with. Yeah. If Mike no. Evans was in Detroit, which thank God he's not, and he had a Matthew Stafford who was gonna fling the football. Yeah, that would be Calvin Johnson 2.0. I promise you. So Mike Evans is in yeah, my nah, top that ten. Dude, that dude's a dog. Mike Evans is in my top ten. AJ Green is in my top ten. Easily. Um, I take that back. Juju might not be in my top ten. No, I don't think so, bro. Because I was gonna say I, I can't put Juju ahead of even people like Edelman. It just in my book. He's like right below that man. How many names we got right now? I would say that we we said like, we are eight, comfortable eight that we said is top ten. I think Devontae Adams is right there. I think yeah, that's that's one of the next names. I'm trying to I'm trying to be a homer and be like a pack of Amari Cooper. I, actually, I, I didn't think that he would have been until I saw actually, his impact on Dallas's overall offense. I but thought I about still that don't too. Think he's an individual top ten talent just off his merit alone as a receiver. That's yeah. what I was about to go back to. I think if you put Devontae Adams in Amari Cooper's spot, because I think he does more damage. There's people like yeah, there's, and there's people who just can't argue their productivity productivity like Cooper Cup. Last year, I'm not going there though. No, not not yet, not that yet, not for sure. No, I would but even like, go Stephon Diggs, Diggs. Diggs. I was Diggs just about to say, Thielen's Thielen's a baller. Thielen's a baller, bro. But bro is a receiver. A he's a receiver. As a person who sees him twice a year, Thielen is a baller. <laughs> um, and has nah, been. Diggs is top top ten talent. Jarvis Landry's. Close to top uh, 10 we forgot talent. Jarvis Landry. Josh Gordon's close to top ten. Talent. Josh Gordon. <laughs> so. Yeah, man. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I think Devontae might be sitting at like 11 or 12. We didn't say no Philly receivers. I thought about Deshaun Jackson, too. There's a, there's a lot that we could say. And I'm not taking Larry Fitzgerald out of my top six, so I don't care. Um, Man, that week one game, when he just became prime Larry in fourth and overtime, bro, with a rookie quarterback. I think prime won, can won the I mean, game. Prime. I think Larry can be prime at all times if Larry – keep in mind Larry's in Arizona because he wants to be. 
Yeah. Like, they asked him, did they want him to trade him? What if Larry Fitzgerald went to Pittsburgh? Won the ring chase. Yeah, right now. What if he went to Pittsburgh? Oh, shoot. And you replace an A.B. with an a, with an, with a Larry Fitzgerald? Fitz. You got somebody who's going to go to Juju and be like, oh. That's how you do it, bro. This is how you do it. Put his arm around him. Let me help you. I might, I might play an extra year just because of you, bro. Seriously. Because you're going to make it easier for me. Yeah. So... I look at a person like Larry Fitzgerald. If he's in a situation like, Bro, like if Larry Fitzgerald's in a Houston, <laughs> for real, if Larry Fitzgerald's in a place like Houston, on the other side of DeAndre Hopkins, on the other side of Will Fuller, with Deshaun Watson, with Deshaun Watson throwing the football, wait till Lamar Lamar Miller gets healthy. We're looking at Larry Fitzgerald, and we're still, still like, wow, that's top, that's top six, top seven talent still yeah. in the league. Yeah. So I think people just ignoring Larry Fitzgerald because he's in he's in Arizona. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald is a baller. No, my brother said that too, man. Period. Larry Fitzgerald is one of the best wide receivers um, that I've ever laid my eyes on. I need to know, bro, because um, I'm really hurt with my Rams today. Um, how you feel about golf? I, I felt the way I felt before. Um, I felt like he was going to have growing pains. What do you think is golf's ceiling? Do you think that – Truthfully speaking. Do you think – Do you mad. think – that his ceiling is anywhere. Okay, I'm not gonna say that. Do you think that he has a Matt Ryan ceiling? You gonna be mad? <laughs> you gonna be mad? Oh, you gonna be mad? He already um, peaked. He's already peaked. <laughs> I'm not gonna say he's already peaked. What I will say is I do think I see his ceiling. Um, I'm trying to think of another player whose ceiling was just like that, but he wasn't. You know, I got two for you. <laughs> you're you're going to be mad, I'm telling you. The first person I thought of was Nick Foles. And the second person I thought of was Joe Flacco. And what I mean is okay, those are, those he's are, those a competent are, quarterback. Yeah, those are good archetypes to compare him to because I'm thinking – because I see, man, I hate that I see the, like, real silver lining in this guy. I think that, like, he could be cut from Aaron Rodgers' cloth. Who? Of Jared Goff, of, uh, of a, like a, just an, an overall like I like his balls, bro. I'm gonna say pause, but I I, I, yeah, I, I like was about to say, whoa. I, I um, like I like his passes, and I feel like he's with the right coach to where they can be on the verge of something of like okay, we just we got offense clicking. Then the next week, bro, he just look like a bum, which is why I have this. So question. that's why I'm like it can't be that. Which is it why I have this that. question, and we and this is a person that. And he has so many weapons. I talk right a lot now. of mess so about this weapons. person. It takes a lot to. He probably to has reel the most weapons. In. He probably has the most weapons. Let's address that. If you look at Jared Goff, the one person that I that I've mentioned on the show already, I talk a lot of mess about this person only because I feel lucky that even though he's in my division, they don't know what they're doing, and Mitch. that's Detroit. Oh no! And if the, Matthew Stafford was he's in so LA, low-key a prolific quarterback. He absolutely. If he was in LA, you guys are much better yeah. than with Jared Goff. So I don't see anything from Jared Goff that remotely resembles Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I don't see anything. Not even they went to maybe Cal. the spiral. <laughs> maybe the spiral. Like, and that I think to, even they then, went to Cal. nope. Like it still didn't matter to me. So I mean, I'm gonna be honest, man. I I First didn't like round. I didn't like either one of those quarterbacks 
I didn't like him or Carson at the time. I didn't. Yeah. I, it's not that I wasn't. I didn't know too much about Carson being from North Dakota State. And then Jared, I wasn't high on. So I was just like, yeah. Who went third that you didn't Gurley go there? Like this is it. This no, they didn't. Like this was y'all on. Yeah, for real. I was sitting there like, because I was like that to Trubisky year. I'm like. When 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 Cleve excuse me when Chicago traded up, and I knew they were gonna get a quarterback, I was sitting there like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. When they said they Mitchell get, uh, Trubisky, I thought they was gonna get Deshaun. Yeah, I thought they were gonna jump everybody and get Deshaun in the second overall, and I was like, this is what they would do because their defense the was already the set. No call in my opinion, bro. Not take the Heisman winner, bro. Man, a lot of I people don't get didn't. It, dude. A lot of people didn't. I think Deshaun fell where he was supposed to fall. Um, Facts. That city is perfect for the him, right but, brand. Um, yeah, the right team, the right culture. But um, I think when you look at a person like Matthew Lamar Stafford, too, Lamar too. Um, or I didn't like neither one of them, but I think when you look at a person like Matthew Stafford and you put him in L.A., that ball moves a lot more. And I think Gurley doesn't have everything relying on him. Like right now, Gurley is that ball's in the end you guys' best player. He's you guys' marquee. He's who the offense is going to run through. When he's hurt, you could tell that y'all start to kind of like look around, like, all right, who's going to be our go-to? If yeah. Matthew Stafford is you guys' quarterback, I think you guys look around and now you look at now you look at a Cooper Cup, yeah. now you look at a Cooper Cup, or now you look at um um a Robert Woods. Now you look at a Brandon Cooks. Now you look at somebody else, and you're like, well, I mean, they might be the best player only because he keeps getting the ball out to him. Yeah, and as and the way that McVay is prolific in his play calling in terms of being everywhere yeah. like he will run anything at any moment aside from the super bowl um you get into those situations where you look at it and you would probably look at a matthew stafford and be like what pass can he make so yeah. i'm not gonna lie i look at a jared goff you ask what his ceiling is i'm looking at a joe flacco and nick Foles, somebody who may win a super bowl but he's not gonna be your best player i doing think it. he's a uh a ballsier player than that like i think he's i think he's got it. i think he's got it a little bit more in than that. I think like, he I, might. I would be say I would put him in that. I would say Matt Ryan. We no hell no because I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why. Silly Matt. Hell no because Maddie is that guy. Maddie is and Jared isn't. That's my point I'm making. Jared might. I, I got I got hope, bro. I'm not gonna say Jared may have more success than Matt Ryan yeah. post his career. At the end of their career, you may look back and be like Jared Goff won more games. When you look at who I would probably rather have as a quarterback, I promise you I'm gonna take Matty Ice over Jared Goff. Yeah. Because of sheer talent. Matt Ryan throws Matt Ryan and, and Matthew Stafford are two two quarterbacks that don't win very much that any given game will throw for five hundred yards. Yeah. I think if Jared Goff throws for five hundred yards, which he did, I believe, right? Or was, was it four or something? So yeah, he's th- He's, he's down four fifty. Yeah, so I think even I, had him I think even the game that he lost last year. I, I have him now. And I haven't started him yet. You want to yeah. know why? No, this year ain't last year. Or the I year wasn't, before that. I never yeah. planned to yeah. start him. I told you that. I drafted three quarterbacks. I got yeah, Aaron yeah, Rodgers, yeah. Tom Brady, yeah. and Jared Goff. Jared Goff is my trade shit. Yeah. He's my piece to bring me another receiver. Like, uh, that's, yeah. that's, 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 my, that's all he was. Because I knew at some point Gurley wasn't going to be a hundred percent, so you guys are going to have to rely on him. Yeah, and that I don't go want Jared Goff. Two ways, but it probably won't be best case scenario. I didn't want Jared Goff, so I've I when you say ballsy of a player, I'm going to actually question that because he may be ballsy in terms of a old school traditional quarterback. 
I'm not going to lie. Even a person like, I don't think he's as ballsy as a Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think he's as ballsy as a Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's as ballsy as a Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he's as ballsy as a Matthew Stafford. I don't think he's as ballsy as a, as a Matt Ryan. I don't think he's as ballsy as yeah. Eli Manning. I don't think he's as ballsy as Jameis Winston. Oh, man. Nah, man. I See, I like golf, bro. I like golf. When you say ballsy, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking uh, about somebody who is looking at somebody, yeah. looking at the play, and they're like, "I'm gonna take this shot down the right field sideline, whether regardless of what defense you're in, because I trust my throw." Everybody I just named will do that. Like a like like a Jameis Winston, yeah. he probably shouldn't, but he will. Nah, golf bro is. He's Joe Flacco. The thing is, we this is one. This is what we're going. This is a piece that we'll have to watch now moving forward. For sure, we'll revisit this a lot. For sure, because he has the potential, I would say, to easily be one of the top three people, like quarterbacks of his age group. Of his age group, if he wins, yeah, he won't be one of the top three talents of his age group. I promise you. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. That's what we're talking about. I know. I think that that I think this kid low key is like. He's tapped in. I think he's low key very tapped in. We're talking about talent. He just, can win he by being tapped. He doesn't in. look like he's in over his head because he has the ability, like the capability to understand it. But it's still a lot to like reel in, like that goes on like with LA. That goes what I'm saying. Well, and, and he no, has and no team. excuse, no, bro. Their team. All these talking about, yeah. all these about the city. I was yeah, saying no, he no, went no, to Cal. No. Just with their team, like it, it's a lot to like still kind of reel in and manage as a quarterback. That goes what I'm saying. But the thing is, it's not going to get any easier for you. Yeah. Every year you're in the league, they're going to look at you like it should be easier for you now. I don't think he hasn't disappointed. He hasn't disappointed. It's me not though. about disappointing. It's about when you look. They've already been to the Super Bowl. He's already super young. Didn't have a, the best Super Bowl game. Didn't have a good one really at all. Yeah. Um, so there's things to learn from. I'm not saying any of those things isn't true. I haven't said that he won't go back to the Super Bowl. I haven't said he won't win one. I have The two people that I compared him to are Super Bowl yeah. MVPs. I just don't – you're not looking at Joe Flacco or Nick Foles to throw 400 yards every game. You're just not doing it. Yeah. So I think when you ask that question of how do I feel about him or what, where do I think his ceiling is, he is a Super Bowl winning cap- – a, a capable Super Bowl um, – a Super Bowl capable winning quarterback. That's the, that's the way. A Super Bowl capable winning quarterback with the talent of a middle of the pack quarterback. I think he's, I think he's cut from a, a little bit of a like – higher claw but still with a limited ceiling but yeah man it's uh it's nothing that i would necessarily want to strap ourselves to because aren't you already there's so many quarterbacks bro and that's the thing so that, bro it's sad <laughs> you ain't got we no have choice. to be yeah no exactly we have to be so you want so so can we you admit around, that a part of this is you trying to talk this into oh, bro. fruition and another part of this is i got i listen to too much cowherd and mm-hmm. i give his i give him a little bit too much credence but he just tends to be i kind of i don't know i like his approach i like his approach and his his breakdown he's he's the golf guy right now i think his basketball right approach now. i think his basketball approach is like weird so it makes very me yeah no no, no no i have different opinions for sure about him yeah so but as a guy he's interesting i don't know he's, he's a little weird man but for sure <laughs> He's sold me on golf a little bit, and like you said, we kind of I'm trying to buy in. But you look around the league, and there's a lot of other dynamic so quarterbacks, quarterbacks. You look at Daniel Jones, and it's like, yo, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Only reason why that. is because it's two games in, and it's too early. I'm not gonna do it. I'm, but I'm just saying, it. somebody who's quarterbacks that we're not used to being runners, who yeah. are dynamic. <laughs> I just can't get over the. And it's I, like we're kind, of, we got golf, who's not, who's not getting out the pocket. 
He'll move. He'll maneuver, but he's not getting out the pocket. Nope. I was trying to think he's about a, like a quarterback he's as a pocket passer as we've got in 2019. Like, yeah. I was trying to think about like a quarterback from like 2006, seven. Who? You know what? Can I ask you an honest question? Who what? I know it's like a running joke right now, but like I, truthfully speaking, how do you feel about overall Matt Matt Hasselbeck's career? Not nothing to be ashamed of. Um, Is it possible Jared Goff turns into one of those? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm looking at a Matt a Hasselbeck minor to where legacy quarterback. When Matt like, Hasselbeck talk right now, I'll listen. Yeah, if I'm sitting in front of Matt you Hasselbeck, got a little bit of respect. Oh, listen, I everything's going to stop, bit, yeah. for sure. Everything's going to stop. Same thing goes with Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer's yeah. going back a little further. But yeah, those yeah, are yeah. two quarterbacks that I look at that Jared Goff might end up being like. Because Matt Hasselbeck, and I think that's in the right situation, the Matt Hasselbeck would have won a Super Bowl. In the right situation. Sure. Was there. Trent Dilfer, people people laugh a lot. Yeah. Trent Dilfer has two Super Bowls. <laughs> he has and two. Not about, it's not an accident. He has two. <laughs> not with the same team. No. He has one with the Ravens and he has one with the Giants. He has two. So I look at somebody like that, and I think the he started for the Baltimore when he was back up for the Giants one. But I look at somebody like that to where he was just a competent quarterback to the point to where he won just for being a professional quarterback. Yeah, that's what I think about Nick Foles. He's David going Carr. to always have a situation for a David Carr didn't see David Carter look. He didn't see that much success. Not he didn't see too much success at all. Yeah. So that's one of them situations where if you're uh, who um uh Charlie Whitehurst was clipboard Jesus for a while. Yeah. Because he was a professional quarterback. Yeah. That's it. Teddy Bridgewater is a professional quarterback who can be a starter. So. I just think when you look at all of these different people that I'm kind of mentioning, Jared Goff is more of that yeah. than he is the Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Carson Wentz even. I think he's yeah, more of that. Yeah. Nah, yeah. I don't think it's – I think people laugh at Joe Flacco when you compare him to somebody like that because you're like, oh, Flacco is bad right now. Flacco is this, Flacco is that. for a decade. Yeah, like start – Flacco was a 10-year starter, <laughs> like with a Super Bowl Java, title. Job was never in question. And when they came up, when him and Matt Ryan came up, like it was like – Yo, y'all see these cats? Like, yo. Which one you going? They're solid. They're young starters. And uh, me personally, and like I said, and I, the, it's always funny when people ask the questions of. Um, yeah, yeah, and Joe's the one that won. Matt ain't got that yet. Yeah, and when you when you look at, <laughs> when you look at uh, like the end of the like the end of the end of their career conversation, like for instance, yeah. a Joe Flacco and a Matt Ryan, that question may come up. And people are always be like, well, Joe Flacco won. Joe Flacco did this. Joe Flacco did that. Pay attention to the question. Yeah. If you're asking me of which quarterback I want, I'm assuming you're asking me to start a team. Yeah. So I'm going to take the better quarterback. Not close. I'm taking Matt Ryan. Yeah. All right, I've got a random question. Um, let's see. Let me get the right, the right second piece. Would you rather have – and I'm crossing I'm, – I'm, I'm across errors – Okay. Would you rather have ooh we? No, I'm not gonna do that because that's too easy. I know who you. Would you rather have? You're building a team. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Donovan McNabb or 
Ben Roethlisberger. Mm. Who would I rather have? And that's low key same. That's low key blending same marriage. I was trying to think of maybe somebody looking forward, but somebody that you could actually compare though. If I w- who <laughs> lines up, and I was thinking Eli I was like, nah, not gonna take Eli. Yeah, not gonna take Matty Ice. Not gonna, but you're, you're, but you're gonna take Peyton. Like you're gonna take. Yeah, you show me. Well, uh, yeah. And I'm people. thinking that's that's a little close. That's a th- that's a thin that's a thin line. But okay, I'm not gonna like, lie. I got an answer though. Say McNabb one one. Hmm. Career narrative, or let's say Big Ben, different. or let's say Big Ben never did. Yeah. Um. Me personally, I'm gonna take Big Ben, and the reason why I would take Big Ben is because, remember, I don't know if you ever seen it, but there's a vi- um a clip that went viral years before things even could go viral, I believe, <laughs> of Jason Witten catching the pass down the right um down the right field um I said right field foul line I'm on, I'm on yeah, baseball. Right Talking uh, down the right, uh, down the right side of this, um, Linder that during the uh, near side, um, sideline. He caught the ball during the near yeah. side sideline. It was the Cowboys sideline. I forgot which team it was. Went to go wrap him up up high, and slipped off, but pulled his helmet off and flung it. And Jason Witten kept running. This goes back to my Armani Rogers point. This goes back to Max Kellerman's point about Taysom Hill, about Carson Wentz, about certain players. That's a football player. I'm taking Big Ben because I know for a fact if I need somebody to stand in the pocket and deliver one, knowing he's gonna get creamed, he'll do it. Yeah. I know somebody who I know if yeah. it's on a short or if it's on a fourth and one or on a goal line stand is gonna go over the top of the pile. Yeah. Donovan McNabb can't in call the, couldn't in call in the cold. Not even that. Donovan McNabb couldn't call his plays during the Super Bowl in the huddle because he's throwing up. I understand that it's like the biggest game of your career and in those moments and nobody can really talk about it in those moments, but all I can do is compare you to your contemporaries and the people who do what you do Anybody just as well as you. How many other stories we hear about quarterbacks throwing up in the Super Bowl? Calling can't call your plays. Can't get your plays right because you're throwing up. What's real Owens that wide out? Who's playing with a damn near severed leg almost? He's one legged out there and the best player on the field. Because of all of those reasons, I don't think it's close for me. I'm taking Big Ben. I'm taking Big Ben over a lot of even quarterbacks who probably won more. And I said that because you mentioned him earlier with a little bit of respect. And I was like, Don or Ben? Like Ben. I was like, I think think you're high on Ben. Yeah. Which is easy to be. Yeah. Respectable. Easy. But I mean, like I said, it goes back to like a person like a Russell Wilson or a Big Ben Roethlisberger. Me personally, I'm super high on Russell Wilson. Yeah. So I might take Russell or McNabb. Russell over that. I'm taking Russell. Easy call. That's not even close to me. Yes, easy call. So, like I said, I'm call me biased towards certain people, but I look at like a Jared Goff and yeah, yeah Goff isn't see... quite Russell even either, man, because no. he ain't got that ingenuity and just that he doesn't command a team like Russell. I think he does with a subtle, with, from a different, from a subtle way. It's like I only need to worry about my man's because my man's got it. Like I had one of my best friends, didn't talk to nobody. The best volleyball player, like in Southern California, I believe it. Like, bro, it's just absolutely cold. But and we wait, hold on. We've had the conversation about best player not being the leader. Who's yeah, the best yeah, player yeah. for? But it's like I ain't got to check on bro though. No, I, I'm not I, saying I'm that not you do. Expect him to be necessarily. Yeah. Who's the best offensive player for the Rams? Yeah, man. And to be honest, bro, I don't even want to say it's Gurley right now, dog. Not right. You may not want to say it right yeah. now because he's hampered. But when held, when all yeah, healthy, you know, facts is clearly Gurley. facts is Gurley. so. I was going to say who was the best player on the team, 
But I said offense for a reason. Who's the leader of that team? Yeah, it's AD. Not even close. If Jared Goff had that, regardless of how good Aaron Donald is, your quarterback would be your leader because yeah, you he's your coach yet. on the field. Other, yeah, specialists will, if he def- had will it, defer to the quarterback. If he had it, they will defer to the quarterback. He would have it. Jared Goff doesn't have it because he doesn't have it. Yeah, man. I wonder they could have won that dang game last year, bro. Even then, bro, how many I know, times yeah, that, that's not gonna Super Bowls and Yeah, that's not like, going to change that. And honestly, I but could argue that Joe stuff, Flacco won his Super Bowl and was like. He did. Hey. <laughs> I could argue Joe Flacco put his feet up and was like, hey, I got one. I can't wait to retire in seven years, boy. Like, <laughs> So, I mean. Mm, Let me lay out the rest of my career right I, now and not get hurt. <laughs> man. Anyway. I, anyway. Let's I almost, get some anyway. NBA talk in, bro. I want to actually get baseball talking before we get out of here because I know I need to do it. Um, yeah. Baseballs are bad, bad, bad. Postseason starts on Wednesday. Uh, starts with the AL wildcard game, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland A's. Uh, I just want to touch on this game really quick only because the Tampa Bay Rays, we talked about this um, when the season started, me and Alex did, about the Tampa Bay Rays starting the season with openers. And they didn't necessarily have a starting pitcher that would go as deep as they could. They would have an opener go, I think, two innings or so. And then they would just play the reliever game and play matchups. And we wondered how long they would keep that going. But they did that until they found their guys and they found their workhorses. And now it paid off all the way 162 games later to a um, wild card matchup against the A's. And the reason why I bring that up is because, of course, the A's, AAA minor league affiliate is the Las Vegas Aviators, so that is where that connection, uh, where that connection gets tied in. But um, this is one of the years. I know we just talked about this in the NFL too, but this is one of the years where there's so many good storylines around baseball. I would love for the A's or the Braves or even the Cardinals, like a team who we haven't really been talking about since the beginning of the year. Yeah. To make a World Series push and make a World Series run, maybe even win the World Series. Um, however, I think <laughs> this could be the year that, and I could be wrong again because they continue to make me wrong. This could be the year we finally get that classic World Series of that Dodger blue and, and Yankee pinstripe. That's what the people want. I just want it. Like, I just – honestly, if I had everything that – like, if I had all my ducks in a row and the Yankees and the Dodgers went to the World Series, I would go to every game. I promise you. I would go to every game. <laughs> I would try, no, I would fly to New time, York. That's all-time series. I would fly to New York for every game that is played in New York, and I would go home for that every LA game Houston that is played in New York. series was a lot of fun. It was super fun. That was a lot of fun. So – and even the L.A. Boston one, like no, L.A. Houston, L.A. Boston, and then L.A. New York. Now, if L.A. goes over three in those, sheesh. So here's the thing. I mean, I I low key think L.A. is destined to make it again. I do. Me yeah. too. But see, the thing with that is, I was saying we have the best closer. It doesn't. Uh, Kenley Jensen. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I Kenley is one of my favorite people to ever play baseball, just because I know a little bit about Kenley's story. I like Kenley. He hasn't been Kenley. No. Kind of the past hold two on, years. Hold he on, hold on. That postseason, he step out? <sighs> past couple years, he showed you postseason. He goes the opposite way. Nah, yeah. 
I mean, well, yeah, it's best of the best. It, everything tightened up. At this point in time, you kind of don't have a choice but to kind of roll with what you got at, well, kind of yeah, what you got in front hold of you. Out hope. Exactly. So unless you're going to make the move <laughs> to not have Kenley closing your games now, um, I think you just got to roll with it to the end of the year and then make a decision on them. But um, I think it's just interesting, and I wanted to point this out too. I mentioned Bryce Harper earlier too. I think it's important to uh, – shout-out to Jarrell. This is so, 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 so random. But shout-out to Jarrell because I am in studio right now, super bummed out, in some sweats, in some J's, and I got on my J Money clothing um, apparel. So shout-out to my brother and his clothing line. But um, I mentioned Bryce Harper already today, and I just want to say congratulations to the city of Washington. And the reason why I say that is because yeah. I wish I knew today, but it was – Two weeks ago, and um, the Nationals not only – they had a doubleheader against the Phillies. And I just want to pat myself on the back really quick because I told Alex that I had Philly making a serious run through the postseason, not because of Bryce. Mm -hmm. I said because of Andrew McCutcheon. And I said when Andrew McCutcheon tore his ACL in the first month of the season, I said yeah. – that changes that a little Philly's bit. not going to make the postseason. Yeah, that changes that. And Alex was like, what do you mean? And I was like, exactly what I said. It's not just like you lost what's McCutcheon. What's about to change now? You me. lost yeah. the heart and soul of that locker room. And he just got there. And you got to have some depth. You got to have depth. Yeah, well, yeah, that goes what I was saying, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even then, even if they had the depth, I was just saying with everything surrounding the Bryce Harper being yeah. the – the the superstar catch of the year I was or the off season I was kind of sitting there like the Phillies are gonna make noise but not because of that move it's because of that other move so when he went down I was like they're probably not gonna make the postseason so to see how sport I tell people all the time sometimes sports you don't gotta work you don't gotta work about writing it it writes itself yeah the Nationals get <laughs> locked into a double header with the Phillies and yep. in game one for the, for the season yeah little did they know before looking at the schedule, that this will be for the season. But it's a doubleheader, and in game one, the Nationals beat the Phillies and eliminate the Phillies from postseason contention. A couple hours go by. First pitch starts for the second game. The Nationals beat Philly again. But that win punches their ticket. <laughs> what do you think Bryce Harper felt in Washington? Boy said, "Man, get me out of here." He probably was like, "Put me on the plane right now, right now." <laughs> I just wanted to let that breathe for a little bit because I don't know if I'm necessarily. I'm not laughing, but I don't know. This is the part that I was gonna laugh about. Two of the biggest people, or the two biggest offseason acquisitions, and Manny Machado and Bryce Harper that signed them huge deals. Yeah. Neither one of them playing for a title. Neither one of them even got a chance to pay for a title. Yeah. So, baseball players, go get your money, man. Um, Get your money back. Get your money, man. Philly, don't worry about it. And as soon as Andrew McCutcheon come back, I feel like things are going to be different. Is, is, uh, is Mike Trout, is asking for Mike Trout in the playoffs, asking for too much? I don't ask anything of the Angels anymore. I don't ask anything of the Angels because I don't think you know we fired Brad Ausmus. I think they want to relocate. Win a game. 
I don't care. <laughs> like, yo, just, I don't know, man. Relocate them. Send them I to lo- Alaska. I love the stadium. If we <laughs> win, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I truthfully don't care. Yeah, it's like, yeah, people would probably love to root for the Angels. <laughs> I don't care. Bro, send them to Kansas. If it means they win games, then do it. You can send them to Rialto. You know? Do it. Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> do it. If we waste Mike Trout's career, <laughs> if we waste Mike Trout's career, I hope they I hope that the that the that the Angels as a franchise no longer stands if Mike Trout doesn't get anything. Bro, that's a shame. It's like, bro. Not for lack of trying, but so it's like, so what's the problem? Says who? So what's the problem? Says who? I mean, as an organ yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no, that's a problem. Says There's who? a problem here. There's a problem. Mike Sosha was there for about four years more than he should have been. Yeah. And then you get Brad Osmus and you yeah. keep him for a year. And you really Bro. can't justify that. Didn't you say basketball talk? <laughs> that's what the Angels did to you? Because it, it, don't talk to me about relocating. If you relocate, if you relocate and you still lose, I don't care. Hey, you ever? I know you know what I'm talking about. The gift with, uh, or not the gift, the the meme with uh, Earl sweatshirt. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Hey, what was that you said again? No, repeat it. Yeah. Just nah. tell me. Nah. I don't care. Like dog, I don't give a damn if they want to relocate. I don't care. I don't care. Our last title was 17 years ago. I don't care. Yeah. That's our only title. Yeah. Different time. But we go and get Shohei Otani. We steal him from the Ra- from the Red Sox, from the Rangers, yeah. from the Dodgers. We go get Albert Pujols in the middle of the night like a thief. Yeah, facts. We have the best player in base. All right, let's talk about basketball. <laughs> I'm going home. How much more time? I got? Hey, my boy Yasiel's no good. We got like ten playoffs. more minutes. He's not. No, no. He's a, he's a Cleveland Indian, and he's yeah. not. We don't get a postseason with Yasiel Puig. Like, I don't want to say this. This postseason is boring. I really don't want to say that. Cause I think it's gonna be a crazy one. I'm happy to see. But you're gonna Yali. have to get more favorite players. Like, you're gonna yeah, have yeah, to yeah, look yeah. at Oakland and be like, oh, Matt Chapman. You're gonna have to look at uh, um, a Minnesota and be like, oh, Polanco. Like, you're gonna have to yeah. get Chris some Yelix. new favorites. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? You're gonna have to get some new favorites. Um, I do want to talk about really quick. Let me see, cause my dad sent me a tip in last week that I didn't read. So let me not be trash this week. What did he say? Um, okay, he said maybe I'm just old school, but I remember when players would have to, haha, when players would honor a contract and play it out until they were free agents, and if things um, and if things were not the way that they liked, um, then you would let your team know that it uh, that if this isn't fixed, I'm out. Um, and then it's on to the highest bidder. He said, but now we hear the word from the prima donna uh, themselves. Um, oh, I'm sorry. He said, he said we hear the word prima donna used all too often. The actual definition of a prima donna is, um, he said, for those who don't know, is a very temperamental person with an inflated view of their own talent or importance. We most recently have seen the likes of A.B. or Jalen Ramsey either demand trades or act out um, in, order to, in order to force trades. Whether the reasons for these actions are justified or not, these actions cannot continue to be accepted and rewarded regardless of the talent of the individual. I would ra- I would much rather see the Jerry Rices, the Tim Browns, the Walter Paytons um, that let the talent speak for themselves and let those talents um, and let those talents and not boasting put them in the Hall of Fame 
now those are real legends of the game. Um, ooh. We went this whole hour and a half without talking about AB either, which we might have which, to just which was force, good. force close on. Which was, I mean, but, yeah. it's funny because I had AB and Jalen Ramsey on my what's the card and I, I didn't it, do I it. I respect it too, yeah. And for what? Um, the Jalen Ramsey thing I actually wanted to talk about, but it would have ended up going back to AB, which is why I didn't do it. Um, but because of that, that's why I actually want to talk about that because I disagree. <laughs> I disagree only because, first of all, shout out to shout out to my cousin who just got name dropped. Shout out to Tim Brown. But um, hey. you dig. Um, I disagree only because you got to realize that you change with the time. And yeah, that's too. yeah. And sorry, when you have NFL owners still operating as if the players deserve their autonomy right now. Yeah, as if the league is still in 2002. No, we're not. And, Dad, the reason why I question that, too, is because I wonder how you feel about it now. Um, I feel like I should know this question, but you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. You just had Ezekiel Elliott say, you're not running me into the ground. And if you are, you're going to compensate me for for it. And I'm going to be set for life regardless. Yeah. So, you have situations like that happening. And this is where I didn't want to touch on the AV thing, but which I still probably won't. Um, this is where I touch on the Jalen Ramsey thing. Even though I don't believe that he's the best cornerback in the, in the league, because I just got a personal favorite, and I like Marshawn Latter more and more. Um, I'm not going to argue with somebody who tells me that Jalen Ramsey is the best cornerback. However... I think we can argue that Jalen Ramsey is the best player on that defense. Calais Campbell not. is close. No, that he not. is. That he is. Calais oh, okay. Campbell is close. Miles Jack isn't there yet. Yeah. Um, Tevin Smith isn't there yet. AJ ain't better than. Yeah, AJ Bouye isn't, isn't there yet. Is AJ Bouye is it Bouye or Abouye? I think it's AJ Bouye. 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 He's not better than Jalen um, Ramsey. Not better than Jalen Ramsey. Um, when Perry Church was there, he wasn't better. Tayshawn Gibson, he's not better. Um, anyway, all of that just to say. Damn it, if I'm Jalen Ramsey, I'm asking out of there, too. And the thing is, I think what's important to pay attention to is how his teammates are reacting to it. Because you could argue if Nick Foles doesn't go down, maybe he doesn't maybe he doesn't request a trade. But it's not like he said anything bad about Gardner Minshew. It's not like he's not showing up and he's leaving his defense high and dry. It's a Tom Coughlin situation, or either it's a front office situation, even if it's not Coughlin. It's somebody yeah, in the front office. Jalen Ramsey? No, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Oh, so if that's clearly what the issue is, it's some sort of front office rip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is it TIFF rip? Whatever. Probably both. Um, I think both work. Yeah, I think both do work for this particular situation. But I look at it, and I give him credit for it because Jalen Ramsey is a person who – Similar to what Anthony Davis. I don't like the necessarily the way Anthony Davis did it per se, because I felt like it was forced a little bit. I felt like Rich Paul told him, like, you got to kind of get out there and you, they got to hear it from you, whatever, whatever. And I think that made AB or AD, like, it, it forced AD into the bad guy role, and AD's not built for the bad guy role, I don't feel like. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it went as bad as it did in New Orleans. Jalen Ramsey has no problem being the bad guy. Oh, yeah. And it seems like he fits that role. So I think. 
him coming out and doing what he's doing, some people may put him in in the A B category. Ask his teammates about it. Yeah, they probably. I don't think one yeah. person on that team is like. It's gonna be like. Nah, this dude happen. is selfish. This dude is this. This dude is that. We're gonna be like, nah, I don't want to lose, bro. Yeah. They gonna look at him and be like, give him what he want. Yeah. Take care of him. Yeah. So. He's one of us. Yeah. So I'm looking at it like if they know that they got somebody that's gonna fight tooth and nail with him next to him, it's a little easier for them to deal with whatever other baggage comes with it. Yeah. So I don't necessarily look at Jalen Ramsey and AB in the same light, even though Jalen is somewhat statement doing. It's kind of more of just a, oh, you made a statement by doing that. Yeah. You have no control over what happens to you, and you know that they don't really want to lose you either. Exactly. So it's like, yo, you just saying that, saying like, hey, yo, I don't care about, like, yo, hey, I don't care to speak my mind. <laughs> and even then, it's not like, it's not like he. <laughs> I'm gonna play football. It's on not Sunday like he, every day. Well, he's a well, he's been annoying to the team. I'm sure in the sense of. Um, the back injury, the uh, him not showing up at all, him being sick, him um yeah, having his so yeah, him his girl being pregnant, him having all these different things. I just take it as a person who, first of all, it hasn't been in that situation before and doesn't really know how to like keep everything um copacetic almost because you can you can ask for what you want to ask for and still not be around the team. So I, I go back kind of to we get us a different situation. It was a holdout. But I go back to Darrell Revis when he was a Jet. You heard Darrell Revis' agent talking a lot. Yeah, you didn't hear Darrell Revis talk too much at all. Even when he signed it, you heard him talk about it, and it was like football. Yeah. And that's what he was on. Was so from Jalen Ramsey's perspective, I'm just looking at it as I've been here. I've been I've made sure that this team is one of the best defenses around the league. Can I get to another AFC championship? But I think Jalen at the same time, while he may have a point with the Jaguars, I just think he needs to weigh into consideration, too, how much parity is in the NFL outside of – I'm not even going to say teams, outside of two or three players. Yeah. So the NFC is open. So unless you want to go to the NFC, go to the Saints, and then now maybe you got them constantly in it. But outside of that, yeah. you look at Tom Brady, you look at Peyton Manning. Patrick. You look at, I mean, you look at Patrick now, but even way, then, you was looking. Saying? Oh, you saying like back in the day? Well, I'm just talking about just staples that have been like constantly. Yeah, okay, yeah. So let's say the last 15 yeah. years. The third one I was thinking about was the Ravens. Yeah. Ravens, Pittsburgh. I was gonna say like uh, so, one of those AFC North teams, yeah. Pittsburgh or the yeah. Ravens. I was gonna say it wouldn't even be the next quarterback. It would be like a Ray Lewis. Like exactly. Like, yeah. it, it's more so AFC North. Whoever comes from the AFC yeah. North, you got to deal with them. It's who, whoever real comes talk. out of the AFC yeah, North, and then you got. Payton or Tom. Yeah. That's what you had to deal with. So, Jalen, the only thing that I will say is why you probably are super frustrated with the Jaguars. Soon, this league will have parity again, and we may be starting from scratch. Yeah. So, I said everything that I said about Jared Goff. Jared Goff could win two Super Bowls in three years, and everybody look at Jared Goff like, oh, well, damn. Fanned out. But, yeah. Yeah. So, who knows what may actually come of it, but I do think it Mind just shows. Might turn into a starter. Yeah, and I mean, and honestly, if Minshew plays yesterday, that if, I was like, oh, he's not bad. He, let's say, let's say he just, let's say he chills, which I think he might. Let's say, yeah, let's right. say he, let's say he does whatever he does this year. They medal out. Nick, uh, Nick Foles comes back later on this year. He goes back to being a perfect backup next year. Nick Foles has a healthy season. Minshew is just a perfect backup. Has it has a decent preseason. 
Minshew seems perfectly content, like you said, to get that start later on. To be to be up for up for a contract and the Cincinnati Bengals give him a shot. Somebody like that. And he's like, all right, cool. Folks was wanting Jimmy G for a while. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, that's it for today. We're already over two hours. We don't have commercials today. So it is what it is. Um, conversation has been really, really football heavy, but that's what you get when it's this time of year. Um, talk, man, talk, man. You might get something, anything. Yeah, yeah. You Who knows what you can get on this show? Who knows what you will get uh, any given week? But, again, stay glued to our social medias. Uh, we will have more details following with you guys. And, again, stay uh, subscribed to our SoundCloud. Go follow the, pod cl- the podcast on Spotify. Uh, hopefully, it'll be on Apple Music soon. We talk to talk, we talk to talk From the shots that's called to the tomahawks To the league boss and the ones who lost Give it to me once I don't drop the ball To the home runs that was out the park Kershaw when I'm pitching off Kobe the Howard, he looking soft LA Rams in the city, y'all Got special guests, got breaking news Come talk to talk with Chatterbox We got it all